We've got sound. Okay. We've got volume. We have contrast. We have tone. We have room tone. <laughs> Set the tone for this podcast a long time ago. There's nothing we can do about it now. Everybody. People are still doing podcasts, and so, so are we. This is Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. There you go. You might know De- David uh, as the uh, co-host of the upcoming Horse Crimes podcast. Horse Mysteries. Horse Mysteries. <laughs> no, horses wouldn't be committing crimes. <laughs> no, horses right. are honest as the day is long. That's true. They are. Except unless you're near a mailbox, in which case they'll try and use the mailbox to dismount you. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Well, that's not a dishonest thing. No, they're pretty, they're pretty obvious about it. <laughs> no, they want their freedom, and that's nothing dishonest about wanting freedom. No. David, why do you hate freedom? That's my first question. <laughs> One, why do you hate horses? Two, why do you hate freedom? Yeah. And begin. That's a good question. Let's start, let's start there and uh, build upwards. Well, I'm going to answer this in an, as an essay, so I'm going to start with my introduction. Very good. I'll have three uh, paragraphs in the main body, mm-hmm. then I'll finish with my conclusion, that will ask a question that I will not answer. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, teachers love that, or professors at university love when you do that. You know what I love doing? What's that? Uh, making up a CV. A CV? A curriculum Vitae? A cur- curriculum Vitae. <laughs> I love it, he said sarcastically, hating it. Um, <laughs> I didn't like making a resume. I never liked doing that. So what's the difference between a CV and a resume? Yeah, that's a question, huh? But apparently there is one, mm-hmm. and it's important. And as because someone in his early 50s, I don't fucking know. <laughs> And yet, I've had to make them many times. And yet, I don't know. I still don't know. So, f- fill me in here. I've never made a curriculum mm. v- vitae. Vi- okay. I, I basically make a resume and I say it's a curriculum vitae. Okay. Okay. Um, but what I don't like is, you know, what do you what do you leave in? What do you leave out? What do you take out? Yeah. What do you do? What do you shuffle sure, around? Sure, sure. I, I no longer include my paper roots in my resume. Yeah. I've left, I leave that out now. They, I mean, I've got one for my writing, but like there's stuff in there that's just bananas. That just is like, there's no even, mm-hmm. don't put that in Your there. Your job is a banana salesman? Yeah, my job is a, where I worked at Banana Stand <laughs> uh, for a while. Arrested Development was loosely based on my family. Okay. Um, no, but you know, I've done like car- European cartoons about fairies, I believe, that I've forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, I don't need to include that on what I'm, what I'm doing, but you got to like, I just, it's it's tough, first of all, just to talk about yourself. Sure. Says someone who does a podcast where he talks about himself every week. Uh, <laughs> it's really showing tough. myself off to be a you don't, you don't know how hard we work at this show, everyone. But just in print form. But listen, anything that involves a tab key, mm. ugh, that's what I think. <laughs> Wait, so you have to don't like, you hate do tab? indentations indentations and stuff on yeah, the page? Yeah, because that's how like, your resume works, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, mm-hmm. you put what the thing is, yeah. and then the tab. Yeah. And then you got to put the what you did, mm-hmm. tab, and then how long, and you know. The... So is this something you have to do a lot? I haven't for quite a while, but there's okay. something now that I have to do it for now. Okay. Just in general. Uh, They're uh, asking for your for your. Maybe I should do it more. Maybe I'd get more work. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> is that's I have is, is, is part of getting a job applying for them? Yeah, that's a big part. <laughs> you know what? This is now. This is now so making a lot of sense. Definitely not occurring this to is you. Making a lot of sense. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, okay. That's a good but point. here's the thing: when you've done one, really, you've done you've done them all. Like you don't have to do any more for a little while. What do you mean? Your your CV. No, no, that's completely untrue. 
Because whatever you're uh, doing, you've yeah. got to uh, aim it for the... Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. You don't want to... If you're aiming for like kind of a badass writing job or like you're writing the cutting edge, da-da-da-da, yeah. you don't want to, again... Uh, you're say, not going to put sparks to, in there. You don't want to put... Well, sparks isn't too bad because people are okay with the kids book but like yeah my european fairy cartoon that i did or that i used to write for the cartoon animal crackers mm-hmm. you know that's the stuff that you know probably ain't gonna ain't gonna fly or you know uh i wrote a casper movie maybe that's not sure something that's going to like uh make it look like i i'm i'm on the cutting edge of whatever mm-hmm. yeah you know? but yeah. there's other things i did that i'm like ah, oh, it makes some sense sure put those put those in trim it out and also you just put in too much stuff and then people don't look at nothing yeah it's just a yeah too much. You go like, why is this guy worked so much? Ah, he gets fired a lot, huh? It's like, no, just gigs are short and mm-hmm. you do a thing and then you move on. But once you've done it once, though, don't you kind of have the template there? You can just sort of like highlight and then just type in things? I don't have a template because the templates change over time. Oh, okay. Uh, at least this is Feels my like thing. you're making it harder than it has to be. Yeah, like, uh, you know, all of a sudden I'm doing Word, but now I'm doing Pages, but now mm. I'm doing Dub. Now oh, doing I see Dub. what you mean, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. did you do it in yeah. Excel? Well, you wouldn't do it in Excel, but you'd, whatever, <laughs> whatever it was before. Sure. Once again, I've gone my whole life, too, without understanding Excel. I know it's there. It's a thing. I used to know it pretty well. Good. But now I don't. Like, I used to be able to... I mean, you can figure it out, though. There's, there's a little thing called YouTube that has all the tutorials that you'd want. To help you, like when you get to that point, you're like, "How do you do like a a multiplying cell here so that it will add the tax oh, to what I'm doing?" Oh, you're giving me just pains in my teeth <laughs> just hearing that. But that's what I had to do at work, right? Because yeah. I would we would get we would get um, price lists from our, from our suppliers, mm-hmm. and then I knew we had a discount, and so I would make a cell in in like I would make, you know I would turn the thing they sent me into an Excel sheet, and then I would make a a line that would take the, the let's say, 30% off the pricing. Sure. And then I would know what ours was. And I wouldn't have to do it every time. It was just all done automatically Yeah, through, through that. I'm sure, I'm sure I used one when I was working at uh, Street Sense mm-hmm. back in the day. Like, a lot of the stuff we had to do, we had to do in weird... It was all so weird. It was so weird because back then, to save money, they didn't call us writers. We were, like, reporters, Reporters. Yeah, that was the thing. We were like a news show. Yeah. So even though I was writing comedy sketches and I was doing all this, I was writing I was writing all the comedy sketches on a program that was for news. I see. So it was like things that the uh, either the anchor or the reporter would say. Yeah. Uh, and you know, putting my setups in a in a way that would be like they're at the place where the murder happened. Yeah. And you know, well, there was a murder here, and we're going to talk to the person who was not the person who was murdered. That would be a bad interview. Yeah. Um, but you know, the murderer again. That would be a great interview if you could talk to the murderer, <laughs> um, someone who was tangentially involved. Sure, sure. Anyway, uh, but I'm trying to write. Uh, what I'm doing is a sketch show. Yeah. But as I'm a reporter. Well, yeah. Like in the old days, I used, because I was writing for school, yeah. stuff like that, I worked, I used Word good enough. And that was perfect for what I was doing. So. Yeah. Also, when I worked on Popular Mechanics for Kids, it was the same deal. I was also a, a reporter. I've, I've got experience. I wasn't quite in the union. Yeah. But I've got some credits towards that. If sure. I ever want to be a reporter, I can I can front load those, and I think if I do one proper job, yeah. I'm a I'm a reporter. Well, when you get tired of this life and you just throw it over and leave the big city and move to a small town, you can look work at a small town newspaper. You have all the. What I want is I want your the, CV is ready for that. Yeah, what I want is I want that job where when there's horrific hurricanes, I want to be standing out there yelling into a microphone <laughs> that doesn't really work. Yeah, just to go, it's bad. 
bad, that would be a great job. Make sure that you're actually in the hurricane weather. Yeah, it's great. There's Smart. A, there's a guy who was faking it. Oh, was he? Yeah, they caught him. Uh, and they called him the smartest man alive and then gave him a prize <laughs> nope. for like having common sense. Nope. He was uh, doing this uh, really dramatic new, you know, yeah. new thing and the wind yeah. and stuff. And then someone was filming it from the side, like some this person with their, their phone was videotaping him, yeah. faking it. That's great. And uh, there Give you go. Give him a Peabody. Give him a goddamn Peabody. <laughs> that guy's a hero. Because the, 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 the criminals here are the news places that send people out. You know, up into their waist in this like yeah. horrible water. Yeah. Well, there's lightning, and it's just like, well, you're monsters. And so, a guy was trying to like fake his way out of that and be safe. Good for him. If you can find a way, save lives. Well, it feels like all of that is like. I get what a weather thing is. Just put a camera out there. We'll understand it. We don't need the context clues of a guy who's standing there screaming yeah. at us that it's wet. We get it. <laughs> I was watching some video of this young woman doing a. a end of the game sports thing like a kind of and she was in a very crowded part of the stadium i guess and all these people all these men were coming up and like grabbing her and and putting their arm around her and stuff like that and you know she that's not what she was there for no so she was you know visibly upset about it and but i kind of i mean it's on those people but it's also on the news station making her do that reporting in this kind of like when i was a when I was younger and I watched, you know, like when we had Sports Page here in Vancouver, which was a local show, when the people reported on the games and stuff like that, they would be reporting in an empty arena, you know, yeah. and just, you know, with some a few guys sweeping or whatever, or with a Zamboni in the background or whatever was happening at the end right. of the game, you know, when, when the crowd is cleared out. There's no need to have a person having to yell in a hallway while everyone is leaving the game and yelling, Go Eagles or whatever as they walk past. Yeah, they or, want, I get that they want it to be exciting. And they, they're but, yeah, they're excited. They won the game. So, but you know, why why is she there? Like, because it's an exciting shot. I guess. Yeah, but who cares? Who cares? It's not the point of it. It's not yes. the, that's not you know. If you can have, you could show that. You could cut to that if you want while she's ta- have her talking over it. But why make her stand in the middle of this yeah. wave of people? It's like silly. I get if you're a reporter and you are in a war-torn country, yeah, and you're out and you're 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 saying what's going on, and we now have an example behind you of what's going on. I can sort of see there's a risk you're taking. You know the stakes. Yeah, you're doing the thing, but there's no reason to be out in dangerous weather. You know, where where like a stop sign could whip around and yeah. just like cut your head off. Yeah, like there's no like. They're telling people, stay home. Don't be out here. Well, then don't put <laughs> yeah, don't be okay. this guy out here. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, God forbid. It's, it's, at some point, someone is going to get really hurt. Yeah. And then they're going to go, we shouldn't do this anymore. And then they're just going to put cameras out there. And that's the way it's going to be. And and there'll be no damn sure. difference. And that, that's fine. Because really, like, why does the weather person have to be outside anyway? They do not. They, they're not actually, like... They're not sticking their hand out the window or looking out the window to see what the weather is. They use they use instruments to measure I what's think happening. The gag there is basically, you know, the weather person's inside and yeah. they're saying it's rainy and it's sunny outside, so you've got to go outside so they can at least go, huh? You know, if you know, I told you it was going to rain and it's sunny. Now they got to eat it. Yeah, they got to say the thing. I get that, but it's just boo, boo to that. And yeah, don't put people in dangerous situations with sports. Boo. Boo to that as well. Yeah, have have her reporting from the the field just near the end of the game, last minutes of the game. She's standing center field, mm-hmm. d- doing her roundup of the game. Yeah, have people like in the locker rooms uh, <laughs> while people are getting naked. That's what people want to see. They want to see butts and plenty of them. 
that's what TV needs. And I don't I don't mean in sports. I mean in everything. Yeah. I want to see them in plays. They go to plays. I want to see people in the change rooms. <laughs> I want to see butts. Plenty plenty of butts. Sure. No matter what. Stock exchange. I want to see some butts. <laughs> Get that business reporting going. And let's see some nudity. Yeah, that's... Classy that, nudity. I don't think they report very often from the locker room. Uh, they do, but not like not immediately after the game. They'll they'll yeah. do some interviews with players sitting around, but they've they've they're at some uh, they have some modesty. They're still either in their uniform or they're they're you know fully dressed and they're out leaving the the ice rink clothes. Which in NHL they have to wear suits. They're not allowed to just wear like casual clothes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do they supply the suits, or do they have to pay for their own suits? I. Th- I think they probably have to pay for their own suits, but they're not they're not struggling for money. I'm going to bet that uh, the suits get supplied by the suit manufacturer who goes like I think there's probably yeah. Wear my suit and yeah. 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 When you don't when you don't need something, that's when things show up. <laughs> if you if you can afford a suit, that's when you're going to get a free yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, and it's the same thing with meals. As soon as like you uh, can afford a meal, uh, someone's going to offer you a free meal. That's yeah. the way it's going to go. Yeah. But uh, up until that point, tough luck, Jack. <laughs> That's true. It's like those those little swag bags that celebrities get at mm-hmm. at events where it's just like a hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff they're probably just going to throw into a garbage can when they get home. That was the thing with the Leo Awards, which is our uh, kind of you know entertainment award thing sure. here in in in, Can- in on Canada, but just in British Columbia, um, the swag bags were ridiculous, like ridiculous, really? which is why people went to the thing. Okay, yeah. okay, like like just enormous amounts of. You know, uh, stuff that you could uh, sure. use. A lot of uh, coupons for things like uh, you could uh, have a helicopter ride uh, from Vancouver to Victoria. Yeah. Free he- helicopter ride. Yeah, that's great. Free back rub from Bruno Gerusi. Sure, which once upon a time was a good thing. Yeah. Now it's terrible. No, that would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, Hor- horrifying. They still offer it, though. Oh, They still stars. offer it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was all this amazing stuff, and that's why people would go to the award. And you go like, well, a lot of people are at this award. Yeah. Because the swag bags are great. That is the end. That's why they're there. You have to pay to be in the Leos, right? Like you have to. Pay you have to, to pay to enter. To enter, okay. Yeah, that's right. You don't. Yeah, once. But then once you've been nominated, yeah, there's no more paying. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. We, we 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 found it a little shifty when we were starting, and so we 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 stopped applying because it was like mm, I don't know about this. But then later on, you know, it became a little bit more legit. Okay. To the point where let's say it's legit now. And I've had a lot of friends who have hosted the awards. And okay. People seem to like them. It's fine. I wasn't bad-mouthing them. I was. To your face. I oh, was. you were you were bad-mouthing them. We At were, the time, like early on, you are bad-mouthing them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Because we were, uh, the first time we were nominated. How come you didn't like, what, what is it, the Leo? Because you're not a Leo, you're a... I hate lions in general. <laughs> they eat humans. <laughs> and we forget that. I've heard that. We forget they that. Eat, they eat They people. are a man-eater. That's right. As a as a former Christian, mm-hmm. I don't like the animals that used to eat us in the stadiums. I I don't forget that shit. So wait, as a former Christian, yeah, you don't like former animals that formerly ate us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they're currently eating us, and I'm no. not currently a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I remember. But you remember? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's fine. It's you could. The people they ate aren't coming back. It's, it's a healthy grudge to carry around. Right. Thank you. For sure. I appreciate that. No. No. It's no problem. No. The first. I'm still pretty mad about the Romans, just in general. Oh, he choked, cause, yeah. Because uh, they're all all their roads led to Rome. Well, that was That's very egocentric. Do. Yeah, that was obviously narcissistic. And mislabeling and... what a vomitorium was, and then getting <laughs> mad when you use it as you think it should be used. Well, you know, if you don't speak Latin, it make if you speak Latin, it makes more sense. That's for sure. But what does this mean? Oh, it just means where you hang your hat. <laughs> what? 
this is a very poorly named... <laughs> Why is it called an Axatorium? I brought my axe in here. Yeah. Uh, what about no. the shit gallery? Oh, no, that's just where you leave your shoes. Yeah. What? Well, the... listen, Romans. Yeah. Sincerely. No, it was more of their taxation system. I still resent that you either paid it or they killed you. It seemed unfair. Yeah, and also... Even today. You know, I know I know some Greek people, and they're pretty mad at them ripping off their gods. You know, there was a it was it did feel a little. You know what though? I think of the more as like a tribute band, <laughs> not like okay. a total ripoff, but more like you know, like a cover band that really really like them. Yeah, you know, by Jove. Yeah, I like it. No, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> the cover band—that's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Let's all thank the Romans for concrete, though. They did do that right. Thank you, and also thank you for Asterix Comics. That's right. There wouldn't be Asterix if there wasn't a Roman Emperor. Mm-hmm. Roman Empire or Emperor. No, nope, they'd just be out hunting boars all day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hunting boars. They wouldn't even, yeah, they wouldn't need magic. They wouldn't need magic potion. Did we talk about the uh, those um, uh, Asterix books and the Tintin books that were uh, that were uh, being destroyed back east? No. Uh, it was, the, uh, it was uh, Catholic schools. That um, in Canada, yeah, that were it was it was it, with imagery that was no longer okay up to snuff. Sure, sure. There's a few sure. that are like that, and uh, so yeah, you know, people were saying like it was book burning, but it's book burning technically. It's, book burning. it's technically because, it's book well, it's book burning because <laughs> you've got to get rid of them somehow. Yeah. Well, how do you get rid of them? You could donate them, I guess. To what? To thrift stores? No, you can't. Why not? You can't. We I remember uh, when we when we were uh, emptying once um, a bookstore yeah. that uh, it was it was closing down and it was going to be a comic store later and so we had yeah. all these books they tried donating the books no oh really no one wants them oh you think like oh no we'll just donate them to say old folks homes no they don't want them uh, how about the library well like some but you yeah. know the vast majority no dice and <laughs> if you're donating books like why are you donating these books. Oh, because they have all these uh, stereotypes yeah. of uh, you know First Nations people, and they have stereotypes of uh, Black people. Do you want these books? Yeah, I was like, no, we don't. Oh, okay. So what do you do? Put them in a warehouse and just keep them there, and then who pays for that? Yeah, and because there's thousands on thousands of these. So what do you do? What you do is you recycle them. How do you recycle them? With you incinerate them. That is how you recycle a large amount of paper like that. So okay. that's what you do. And they go, oh, it's like book burning. It's like Nazis. It's like, well, it's also the most environmentally, you know, uh, it's the best option sure. for how to get rid of this amount of uh, material that is paper. But it does sound bad to say you're sure burning does. books. Sure does. Yeah. I guess that was the uh, argument for the burning all those Beatles records in the I think they're in very the 60s. different situations. Like this. Bad guys. I think quite the, I think it's the opposite <laughs> reasons, but you gotta okay. got to recycle all these records. <laughs> <laughs> what we but, need is a giant pile of vinyl. We need a giant yeah, pile pe- of vinyl. Like people this. did get upset by it, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, as as they normally do during those situations. But like, should those should those books be in elementary schools? And like, especially here's the thing: uh, you can see how uh, Catholic schools. Well, I think yeah, in with Canada, the, yeah. especially now. Yes, everyone's they're they're feeling very sensitive right now as they the should be as they be. fucking should be <laughs> yeah so yeah so when you've got material like that that you you don't want to have in your in your library i don't know how you would have how you could contextualize that to a point where you know we're going to explain it to the seven-year-old what this is about yeah so what do you do with the books hmm. i don't know i know the donation thing seems to be like 
you think like, oh, there must be collectors. Yeah. There must be people. Well, who I don't think collectors would be too interested in them because they've been so, they're so well worn. I mean, they've yeah. probably been read and reread and are. Like, you almost <laughs> think that, okay, but hey, collectors. Yeah. Um, if this amount is getting incinerated, don't you want some because they're now rare? <laughs> and there's going to be people who will always want the original ones. Yeah. And then you'll have what is now a rare thing because the rest got gotten rid of. But I don't know how it uh, how it all goes. We felt we felt terrible, by the way, with the books uh, that we had to throw away these books. We felt terrible back in the day. Yeah. Like it was awful, awful fucking feeling. <laughs> but there was like nothing that you could do with these these things. You know, we left them in a dumpster, and it was like. Hey, like in an open area where it's like, yeah, just take what you want. Yeah, take them, and uh, still people now. Nah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Lisa um, had a friend who lives on the island call her a little while ago and said, and said, I have some, I've got some horse books that you might be interested in if you want them. And Lisa said, Oh, sure. You know, I'll look through them and see what's good. And and uh, so she went over. She took the ferry to Nanaimo and went visited this friend and. Had a day together. Then they went out to this. They went out to a like um, you know what do they call those places? A storage place. Yeah. Storage. What do they call it? A storage. Storage units. Storage units. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I can remember the word storage. Anyway, um, so they went to the storage the their storage unit, and then Lisa got thirty books, thirty boxes of books mm. in the back of the truck, and they're like, "Okay, there you go." She's like, "Okay." <laughs> Thought we had a few books. This is some horse books. Okay, so but. She just took them all, yeah. brought them home, put them in our carport yeah. where they sat. Yeah. I've been sitting for a while. She's slowly, slowly uh, winnow, winnowed, it, winnowed it down, I guess you'd say. She like, so she's like made boxes of, like for free books. So she's taken horse shows. Oh, okay. People have you know, taken some of those books. Okay. The kind of more like, this lady was like, anything that had a horse in it, she bought it, basically. So oh, okay. there's like a ton of like Harlequin. So Godfather, <laughs> yeah. novelization. Yes, that's right. Uh, <laughs> things like even like Harlequin books that had like a horse sure. horse theme to them, and so so you know those ones you can't give away. Like no one wants no. Harlequin romances. Harlequins are done. Uh, but they they will take them. Like if you like Big Brother, whoever calls and says you have stuff to donate, we'll send a truck around. So we've just been putting them out on the sidewalk in in big cardboard boxes of these books. You know, not like a whole ton at one time, yeah. but you know, when as as they call. That's what they get. So they come. Do they have uh, those little uh, tiny libraries in your uh, neighborhood? That... We do, but I, at least was, we walked past one. Like someone had one in their front yard. It's yeah, like yeah. one of those little kind of stand on it, like almost yep. looks like a, a lamp post with a box on it. And Lisa's like, oh, look at that. I could bring some of my horse books here. I'm like, do, 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 do we people don't want like a veterinary textbook in, in, a, in the, their, their, you know, take a book box. So. Uh, but that, not all of them are like that. Some of them are just romances and things, and and uh, bi- biographies of, of Dick writers. Francis and books. There's some Dick Francis book, but we ha- we have all the Dick Francis books. To be quite frank with you, we Lisa and I went on a Dick Francis tear when we were in our twenties. You know, um, I think I didn't Lisa write write in about that one. Because I remember I remember when we were asking like, what's your favorite like fictional mysteries and stuff, and she wrote. I think she wrote in Dick Francis book Whip Hand, which is a very good. Very good I'm example. Look up of how many stuff. Dick Francis books there are? Yeah, that's a good question. And how many were actually written by him? Is that a better ah. question? <laughs> but yeah, I would say my favorite one is Whip Hand. Why? I just like the story, and I like the fact that the the rider, like his his stories, often involve a character who has some sort of disability that from riding, and or just in general, this is it like it's just something that makes them like 
have to you know try harder to solve the case it makes it harder for them like, that was his second book would yeah okay that's you know because when they have like they have the feeling of um of that world yeah which i've never really understood until i saw dream horse like i didn't really know what what like riding a steeplechase looked like until i was watching that movie then i was like oh because you know like you know here we have starter boxes right like all the horses get into that into this big mechanical uh bunch of little boxes and then then the gate opens and they all start together and it's fair in 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 england they don't they have like a cord stretched across like a bungee cord Mm -hmm. stretched across the track and the horses trot up literally like trot up to it and when everyone is like around it like near it but they're not all lined up in a in a perfect row they're just kind of like there and then they just like poing and it just snaps back yeah and then the horses go and some of them are like 10 feet back and mm-hmm. some of them are like one foot away and then they just run and then they just you know whatever whatever comes out of that is what you get and then they ride they run they ride along and then the other interesting thing to me not all of them are like this like some have like i guess it's like a sort of a, almost like a training level where they're jump they're, they are jumping over you know objects on the track as they're running but they're they're like hedges like kind of hedge like things man-made hedge like things that are bent over to, like so almost like at a 30 degree angle and they have some give so as they go over they if their feet brush them they they bend down a little bit they don't they're not hard okay. but if they're in an actual steeplechase then they are jumping over actual you know rigid jumps that have some that can actually like make them fall over if they like Yikes. aren't yeah oh, wait, i'm sorry i was incorrect whip hand came out in 1979 there was other books oh yeah you know, but that was the publication order of the sid haley books there was a seventy nine. There was the stand. There was standalone novels. Feels like they were written much earlier. There was a lot of uh, ones okay. that were written earlier. Yeah, forty two books in total. Another one I liked a lot was Bolt because that Bolt and it was so scary. Looking. Bolt was nineteen eighty six. Okay, that's Kit Fielding book. Huh. The Bolt was like a. It's, it was a gun for killing animals. So yeah. you had like a. It's kind of like in that. No, no. Uh, that's right. For old men. But it's not, it was spring loaded. Not not. You didn't use a tank to. to that was also people. a story that our English teacher, Mr. McGinnis, would tell us about. That was one oh, of really? his jobs that he had. Oh wow! I was like, this is an interesting uh, story to tell us. Yeah. In English class. Yeah, hmm. that is interesting. And uh, yeah, you never knew his stand on it. Whether he missed those days of uh, killing the cattle or uh, <laughs> if he just wanted to make himself seem crazy yeah yeah you know, make us. a scary yeah scary teacher yeah that's a, that's a sad thing to watch yeah i've watched it once oh i'm sorry i wanted to yeah i feel i just felt like it's something that if you're involved in that world that you should at least see once uh but it's it's kind of disturbing to see because someone it's something dying yeah so you're like oh but it almost looks like in slow motion you know those little horses that on this kind of stand on a pedestal and when you push up on it the the strings loosen and it kind of that's what it that's what it felt like like it just kind of lost and just kind of slowly sank sideways and just like oh then it springs back to life afterwards nope (laughs) it is not (laughs) there's no uh there's no uh, maybe that's what makes that so appealing is the idea that it springs back to well the nice thing i think on those things is you've got to uh keep the pressure on for it to be uh, on the ground yeah but like the second you relate, rela- that's fine. Yeah. So yeah. if it was the reverse, it would be disturbing. It's like, oh, I've got to keep it alive and the pressure of my hand. Oh, and I can't anymore. Now it's gone. Again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's uh, something to see. But Whip Hand, the character has lost his, I think is one of his hands. Okay. And so it's kind of a, it may, and then he ends up, he's not, like most of the time they're like ex-jockeys, because that's what Dick Francis was. And 
probably his first book was about his career as a as a as a writer. I believe he won like a big race in England, mm. like one of the like big steeplechase races, whatever it is. The one the one at Ascot. I don't know. I have no idea. Epsom Downs. You just make up names. I'm just making up names. Upsy Downians. <laughs> uh, uh, the Fast Track. Uh, <laughs> he won the Topsy Turvydom. He won the Speedies. Uh, yeah. It was a thing. Uh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, no, I just, it's kind of, it's kind of fun to, when someone knows something very well, to read a fun book, but also like sort of immersive, you know? So it, it's not like really dry and just talking about it in sort of a dry way. It's, it's, you know, it's like a, it's a detective novel based in that world. So you get the taste of that world, but also the the fun of the, the mystery of the story and the characters. He was a jockey to Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. Uh, best remembered uh, moment as a jockey came while riding the Queen Mother's horse, Devon Loch, okay. in the 1956 Grand National. Ah, oh, there, the Grand National. When the horse right. inexplicably fell, uh, then close uh, to winning the race. Decades later, uh, Francis considered losing, their, losing that race his greatest regret. And called it a disaster of massive proportions. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah. Huh. There and you go. blamed the Dutch. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it's, well, they they put a, pulled a string across the course, I guess. Yeah. And he had Shipped a whole bunch of injuries from uh, horse racing. Yeah? Yeah. When he was uh, 12, a uh, pony fell on him, broke his jaw and nose. Mm. Uh, he had a whole bunch of broken bones and damaged organs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and That's riding for you. And after, uh, in 1957, after Francis suffered another serious fall, the Queen Mother's advisor, Lord Abergavenny, advised uh, <laughs> him that she wanted him to retire from racing for her. Oh. So he retired because the Queen Mother said, please, <laughs> fucking quit. You're just a bag of shards. <laughs> That's what she said. I, it's a direct quote. I was once very, not super close to the... Queen Mother, but we were driving to the ferry in the north of Scotland, where she lived, where she had her castle, I guess. And we were driving along, and in the middle of nowhere, like a place that would just be desolate in, in any other time, it was suddenly like packed full of all these like black Land Rovers and everything. Mm-hmm. And we wondered what was going on, and it turned out the Queen Mother had gone to church. And so it was just like this giant <laughs> thing going on. And we were just kind of like past it, you know, we just kind of drove past it and went, what's going on? Why is, why are there so many people out here? And then we looked at, we were looking at the news later and we discovered, oh, because the Queen Mother was there. Oh, cool. We should have waved to her. I'm sure she would have waved back. And she lived to be hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through sheer cussedness. Mm-hmm. And stealing organs. <laughs> Bathing in the blood of children, yes. Yeah. The usual things that make us live long. Yeah. Mary has a, a uh, person who's at the... Uh, care home she works at, who's turning 100 this week. It's not an unusual thing anymore. And But what's unusual is this lady is completely with it, still active, like still, like if she's... She said, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, she's just walking around going, who's got the guts to kill me? She's walking around with a knife and she's like constantly every day. That's right. She, she's she, always like, challenging. Yeah, she's, she challenges death himself. <laughs> no, she's... This is the funny part to me is uh, okay. as Mary says, um, everyone says, who meets her says... She doesn't seem like a day over 89. I'm like, well, how young. <laughs> how young she must seem. But yeah, apparently she's just, just a ball of fire. For, you know, an 89-year-old ball of fire instead yeah. of a 100-year-old ball of fire. You just think like to have, I mean, I, I hope, yeah, as you say, she's got her faculties and whatever. Mm-hmm. But just to have, I mean, obviously you're not going to remember the first eight years. But like to have... I, I don't remember. Oh, I yeah, remember. you know. But basically to have 90 years of memories yeah. in your noodle. Yeah. That's a lot. 
in your head to remember. They're just life stuff. And like, yeah, you know. I'm, sure, I'm sure that, well, Mary did an interview with her for like the, the newsletter for, for the, the home sure. and talked about her life. And yeah, she seemed pretty, from what Mary said, she seemed to have a pretty good sense of, you know, her life and everything. Is she one of these people, uh, thing of scotch every night? Uh, I don't know. I should ask Big Mary. cigar? Yeah, she has a, <laughs> she smokes a hash pipe every night and drinks a, a bottle of uh, tequila and a bottle of absinthe. Yeah, and yeah. It's, a, it's a legit 100, not try to avoid something in the past, lied about the age, That's right. jacked yeah. it up a bit, That's right. and then has to go, it was the yogurt, and then everyone, <laughs> she, 120, yeah. and it's like, it's the yogurt, it's not the yogurt, they just didn't want to fight in the war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, she wanted to fight in the war, so she she was only 15, but she said she was 18. So, yeah. yeah, that's the other thing, too. Yeah, 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 yeah up your age, and then what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, she, I believe that her husband did fight in a war. I think World War, World war One. Maybe I'm wrong. Could be. But um, I think they met in England. If he was, old, if he was significantly older than her, yeah. I can remember the story less well than, than she can. Yeah, he would have had to... I mean, he would be robbing the cradle. Yeah, no, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She shouldn't have been dating a guy who was in World War I. That would have been... Well, why? When, when would she if have been born? she's 100, yeah. and it's na- that means that she would have been... Oh, born. okay, yeah. It was probably would have been World War II then. Yeah, yeah that would have been II. a creepy move. Her husband was a teacher. Mm-hmm. He was a gym teacher, which he loved to do. Was a... Yeah, back then there was three exercises though, so it wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> there was running, was, running yeah. a little faster, and there was no, there was no and pressure. Fell down a push-up. That's right. There's no, there's no pressure because there's no participation. They didn't have any goals to reach or anything. It was just no. Yeah. What were you going to do? Were you going to take some Easy. land? You're going to build a track? Yeah. What do we got? We we got track building no. money. I wasn't telling you to be imp- that to be impressed. I was just telling you that as information. What do you I know mean? you don't care about. Gym Here teachers. would be a really interesting yeah. show. Okay. And also, and also, maybe a little sad. Okay. But like, what you want to do is you want to get someone who's like a hundred years old, like sure. this person, okay. who's sharp. That's the thing. Wow. You gotta like. Real gotta, limited. You're limiting. That's your, the uh, thing. You really you're yeah. limited, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Okay. But you know, look, if you watch the news, every every news show they wish one or two people, maybe three people, a happy hundredth birthday. So this is you know they're around. Okay. Okay. But they have to be sharp. Okay, but let's go. They've got to be sharp. Yeah. Okay. So that that lowers it. But you want to get then like, want to get like five people who are a hundred. Mm-hmm. Five people who are a hundred, but are sharp. Yeah. And then you want to like have a view type show and like talk about the events of the day. Yeah. And just go like, yeah, but it's nothing like you know in World War Two. And like you've actually got, and you just call the show context. Yeah. And just like they remember what this used to be. Yeah. And there you go. You sure. know, ideally people of different races, so they actually have a perspective, you know, different perspective. Sure. But that would be way more interesting to me than just people, I don't know, just guessing as we do as to what <laughs> things are. It's like people who have lived through a hundred sure. years of shit yeah. and just going like, okay, so we've seen this before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Oh, vaccinations are an issue? Yeah, we remember polio. Yeah. Well, I gotta commend you for being one of the only people on earth who wants to listen to old people talk. But uh, I do. That's good. Good for I you. I love see, I love hearing uh, old people talk of uh, about context. <laughs> they're the only, that's one thing they they're the only ones who can like give you is actual legitimate context to like people can tell you what happened, but they can't tell you how it felt when it was going on. Yeah, yeah. You know what did it feel like when a cure for polio showed up? Mm. That you know. Yeah. Holy shit! That would be amazing. Well. We were here for the cure, the vaccine for COVID. How'd it feel? Well, it's not a cure. 
Okay. It, it's a reducer of symptoms, and it make it's a make betterer, but it's not a <laughs> it's not a cure. It's like with HIV. Yeah, you know, you know, you you always used to think like, oh man, the day that HIV is cured, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be a sex fest. Oh boy, <laughs> and it's just you know over time. I don't remember thinking that, but okay. You don't, you don't remember thinking that? You don't remember thinking like once it's not gonna kill you to have sex. Uh, it's not gonna. There's gonna be a lot of shenanigans going on. Like it was gonna be a, a huge deal. And you know, we're kind of getting around to it now. You know, it's like that there you know, might be a vaccine for HIV soon, like a straight out, full on thing where mm-hmm. you know there's control. But you know, that's again like sort of what we're doing with COVID. Yeah, it's like there's control, but there's not cure. Cure is a different mindset. Yeah, it's like ugh. it's so weird. It's so weird thinking like you know, it's the it's the second plague we've lived to. There's context. <laughs> it's just like yeah, I can just re- remember that. You know, it's like. Uh, okay, so uh, you're, uh, you're 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 finally able to have sex. Oh, by the way, there's this disease <laughs> yeah. that if you have sex with the wrong person, you die horribly. Just letting you know. Okay, bye. Swell. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, disease. Yeah. Well, yes, it was. It did seem bad. Mm-hmm. You're right, but I don't, I don't remember thinking about it that way. But I don't know how. I don't Do you remember, remember boobs around you uh, uh, not using condoms still? <laughs> Well, and going like still a thing. that's still a thing, but yeah. yeah, it's still a thing. But but when you were like, you were talking about stealthing. I'm talking. Well, no, I'm talking about just like at the at the time at the at the you know. It's like wearing a raincoat or whatever people. Would yeah, say. that's right. It's like it's it's like wearing a raincoat when it's raining. Yeah, <laughs> not the worst feeling in the world. No, no, the worst feeling is then getting soaked and then getting pneumonia and dying in the hospital from pneumonia that was preventable because you didn't wear a raincoat. Yeah, that was the that's the thing. Yeah, there's all those boobs. Yeah, I do remember that. It seemed very silly. But I mean... Well, well, like all these people were dying around and, you know, it was like, oh, this is awful. Yeah, well, it's not awful enough to take this small Mm -hmm. precaution, though. What? Why why wouldn't it be enough to... Okay. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's... To me now, it's not 100% surprising. Yeah, well, come on. Look at where we are right now. I mean, I told you about this last week, but I didn't talk about it on the show and I, I won't go into too much detail, but someone I know who was i think personally i believe radicalized by facebook mm-hmm. um who changed quite a bit as a person from what i knew him you know pre and post facebook um he was quite convinced that covid was a hoax and the vax was dangerous etc cetera, etc cetera. and right. so he he didn't you know he's not he's unvaccinated and he got covid right he ended up in the hospital he ended up in the icu he ended yeah. up on on a respirator fortunately he's back home now but you know that that was that was a week a weekend like last week we heard about it so Mm -hmm. starting on say sunday i'm not too sure when he had symptoms but he phoned phoned us on monday and he sounded quite bad and within that couple days of that phone call he was in the hospital in icu uh and then he's back home now and he lost 20 pounds in that time i mean it's serious right i don't know what his feeling about it is now but i have a sneaking suspicion (laughs) That has not changed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, or that now it's going to be, well, I had it, so I'm immune now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not how it works. Sorry. I mean, it's not like that. It's not, you're immune to this strain of COVID, but not to those strains of COVID. You know? Yeah. Or you have some resistance have to this resistance. strain. Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's not something that we it's talked weird, about. It's weird, how, it's weird how many people think it's a cure or nothing. It's like, are you yeah. familiar with the flu? <laughs> yes, you know, it's just yeah. like, so I got a flu shot and I got the flu, so the flu shot's bullshit. No. Yeah. That's not how it... Yeah. Do you know? Okay. It's the fact that 
you will not go, you know, in most cases, you will not go beyond stage one if you get COVID while you're, if you're vaccinated. Yeah. Your chances of getting it are greatly decreased. It's like one in 18,000 if you have, instead of one in eight, it's one in yeah. 18,000. Yeah. And then your, your chances of not dying from it are increased 100, you know, 100,000 fold, not 100,000 fold, but, you know, 1,000 fold or more, double that from uh you know it's just yeah it's it's strange how people well i mean it's just but it's one of those things that like i was reading something yesterday which i thought was a very interesting analogy for the whole you know 99 percent you know like only you know only one percent of people die or whatever you know or not you know or 99 people recover mm-hmm. and someone said yeah but if someone gives you a choice did you read this if someone gives you a choice to go into a room yeah it's a good it's a, good it's a very good analogy I, I won't go through the whole thing but I mean, I read it to my friend at work, and then and when I finished, I said, "Of course, the reason we're seeing this is because we agree with it. If I had a different alg- algorithm in my Facebook feed, I would never see this, mm-hmm. you know, because I would have blocked everyone, or Facebook would have chosen to not send those sort of things my way because I'm not, I don't like them, and so it knows not to not to show me that stuff because it knows it doesn't put that little." you know, drug in my head that makes me want to keep scrolling along through Facebook. Well, there was, I mean, I was, I was lining up to vote this, this week uh, as we had the elections in Canada. And so we're wearing masks in the line as you do. Sure. Uh, And about to go into a hotel, then a kind of a crowded space, but they were doing their best with it. And a guy goes by on a bicycle on the sidewalk and just says, y'all look stupid with those masks, you idiots. And I was like, uh, and so I always take that to be like, I'm going to go hyper calm. Oh, no, we need these for safety. But thank you for asking. You know, and it's like, you'll look our word. Oh, no, no, these are, these are good. You don't need them. Yes, yes, we do. Sorry, you're mistaken, sir. Um, but you could tell that the guy wanted a fight. Like, yeah, yeah. like he was on the sidewalk. He was harassing people in a lineup to vote. <laughs> This, these are the people you decided to pick a fight with. Yeah, yeah. And so you're like, in your mind, like to this... You are already sheep to him though, right? Right, right. You're and already she- sheeple. You're you're in line for a completely fake, a completely fake act that has no meaning mm-hmm. because it's already all set up by the government. The sure. government is, this is just part of government control. And of course he's biking with no helmet too. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, of, course, of course he is. Yeah. But to, to, of course. To, like he, you could tell because you can, you know, you develop an instinct for like... People that want to fight, fight. Sure. And this guy was looking for someone to say something so he could get off his bike and he could start a fight. Mm. And he wanted to be in a fight. Yeah. And I was like, what's your what's your mindset, bro? Like, what's what's your day like? That Just like, hmm, you know what? I'm going to go pick a fight. Yeah, because he's, he's mad at you. He's mad. Yeah, because somehow we're fucking up his life mm-hmm. by wearing masks. Yeah. And it's like... Well, it's not just that. You, that, and you think you're better than him. Mm-hmm. But you're wrong because you don't understand what's actually happening, and he's he's got the inside track, and you you're ignoring it. Yeah, there's a small thing too where it's like when you think of someone on the internet who's heckling you, you think of someone who's out of shape and bald and all the stereotypes, and yeah, bad skin. This guy, <laughs> this guy was a real handsome Pete. Yeah, like he was a good looking, sure. cut, muscle guy, but, short blonde haircut, yeah, yeah. just looked like a, a nice bit of business. Yeah. I'm just like. What's hard for you in your life? Why is well thinking what's going on? Is really, I, I guess so. You know, you can. You know what? You can be good looking and young and still be stupid. I guess so. But like, he, he's got the kind of mush that, like, if he just dummy up, you know, a lot of doors are going to open for you, Jack. You've sure. got it good. Just for, like you've got a magic ticket right here with your with your puss that you could <laughs> get into things. Sure. 
But, you know, you decided to just, like, be an asshole in a lineup with a, a large group of people. And also, if, if he did start this fight, yeah, people are going to swarm him, you know? And, and he's going to lose. Like, what's your, what's your end game, Joe? What's your feeling? Like, I, I, I it was, it was, and, and I got, like, adrenaline charged afterwards of just, like, <laughs> you know, you have a guy who's, like, wanting to pick a fight with you. You, like, just, it, it, it. You're shaking afterwards of just like, what the hell? We were just like in a lineup to, to fucking, uh. and this, like, it's not a guy who's, you know, uh, <laughs> harassing a hospital. Jesus God, that they do that. But it's, it's, it's not a guy who's like out at a protest. He just decided to take it to the streets. And yeah, like, yeah. You know. Because you were there. You just, duh. There. there you were, everyone. All of you were in a line. Easy yeah. to easy to say something. He's riding past. Yeah, we're not even like getting mad at the guy. We're just like, this is dumb. Did he like ride around and come back? Like, no, like, past uh, you several times? no. This was the thing too. Is like, uh, my wife had gone to a different uh, entrance because it was confusing. Like, what entrance was what? Yeah. And when she came back, she was like, "What was going on?" And I was telling her, and she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. It would have been fun to yell at the guy." I'm like, "Uh, yeah, but." You know, if he'd come and actually started a fight, then it wouldn't be fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, then it gets to a different level of stuff, and it's not a it's not a good time. But like, uh, just wait. <laughs> I'm sure he's on some of those same websites. It's it is it is depressing to know that it's it's that easy to flip so so many people to something that's so not in their best interest. Mm-hmm. Like even if it was something like I could see that would like really benefit you. It's like, to the detriment of others, I could go, well, that's shitty, but I get it. But, blah, something that, like, is going to fuck you up, Jack. Yeah. Obviously. Sure, but do you think do you think people who were Trumpists, do you think that what they were thinking would be in their best interest was in their best interest? I think most of them were just meaningless to to the whole that whole movement. I don't even know if they think it was in their best interest. I just think that there was a Well, they them. felt like they was representing them or that Trump was representing them. I don't I think. know if they thought Trump was representing even them. I just thought that they thought that there was another them that was worse. And mm. so he was going after the them that was worse, not necessarily that the millionaire with the gold house yeah. is going to share some of his gold with you. Yeah, I don't yeah. think a lot of them thought that. But like they had, they want had a common enemy. Yeah. If nothing else. Not necessarily that this person's their friend. Yeah. But that they're going after, you know, mm. the libs or the <laughs> immigrants or the sure. whatevers sure. that are going to come and make your kids gay, whatever it is. It's just ah, ah, and yeah, I I, I hope I'm not s- super locked in my own freaking bubble and probably am but i try to listen to as much shit as i can on on different sides of things just to see where the where the mindset's coming from oh really yeah i just pretty much ignore it i mean i guess i guess because i experience it in real life yeah i don't want it in in uh my entertainment um i was talking to mary before the show and she said she was at the grocery store and there was a woman there without a mask shopping and she had a Grocery cart full of you know stuff, and then she went into the express lane, and uh, Mary thought, well, that tracks. Yeah. You know, there you go. That's that person. There, you, that sums it all up right there. You know, just just selfishness. You know, I mean, that's part of this too. Is like, you know, why am I being inconvenienced for other people, right? Like, why am I being inconvenienced so old people can live longer? Like, who cares? They're old. That's just a, that's a bigger question to me. Is like. There, there are events that happen. It's weird to bring up like 9-11. But something like 9-11 happens. And, and there's just this feeling of, 
what can I do to help? What can I do to help? At least that's what it felt like. You know, there's this feeling of like, you want to help the community. Well, I think we kind of, I think we've elided over the re, the negative reactions that accompanied it, though. Yeah, because lots of people wanted to uh, get revenge on. Yeah, the there's lots of people, you know, brown skinned people, whether they're Sikhs, yeah, or actual Muslims, or you know, just like anyone was a victim was of, a victim that time. Yeah, you know, of you know, of hate crimes, or just even just you know, not necessarily violence, but violent language and stuff like that. You know, it can, which can be just as harmful or hurtful, I should say. But it's, it's, yeah, so I think we kind of forget about that stuff because we want right. to concentrate on, on the, the good times. I guess I'm looking, I guess I'm looking at... And don't forget about all the Muslim people who are celebrating in New Jersey. When yeah, happened. Trump saw them you know, and they yeah. were all dancing in the streets. Um, <laughs> to Martha and the Vandellas. <laughs> well, I mean... That... Or maybe, no, you know what? They were actual villains. It was actually the David Bowie Mick Jagger version. That's what I was thinking. The first thing I thought was like, <laughs> if they were actually dancing to Dancing in the Street. Yeah, it would have been to that version. That's then true. Afghanistan was justified. That would have, shown, would have shown the true evilness. Yeah. But there's something I think definitely inside of us that, you know, when something happens, there is this thing of like, how can I help? There's, that, mm-hmm. there's a thing that like goes in your for heart. Some, for some of us, yeah. I know. But it's like... Because I mean, the, the reaction of the United States to it was was not a "how can I help" reaction. Yeah. It was a "who can I hit" reaction. Right. Well, let's take it then out of that. Let's okay. just take it as like something bad happens in the neighborhood. Sure. Uh, you know, someone's someone's house burns down. Sure. And there's this feeling immediately of like, "What can I do? I mm-hmm. want to make you some food. Yep. I want to help you out. I want to mm-hmm. do." There's just that feeling of like it's a very good it's a very good uh feeling when that when that happens your sense of community you know Mm -hmm. you're there we're all banding together what can we do there's a flood let's help yeah let's do something uh and and that can expand to a degree like and i I felt there was a bit of that when covid was going on where it was like okay we're in this together we're staying indoors we're gonna get through this we're gonna like cheer at seven yeah you know we're gonna we need to start that again we we're gonna do yeah we're gonna do this like we have that inside of us, but then we also have this other thing inside of us that's just like, that's enough of that. Yeah. Now I gotta sure. protect me and fuck you for making my life hard. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm blaming you for things that aren't blameable and uh, I don't care. I've gotta create a reality in my head that doesn't exist. <laughs> just, just, yeah. Well, just, no, people people are frustrated because they can't have any fun. You know, that's what it feels like or right work, now. Or work or you know Or work or do their jobs or, or, be, or whatever. Be themselves. Yeah. And and Lord knows I I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm going crazy. I was going crazy a year ago, and I'm still going crazy. I get it. But it's just, you know. He's, he's gone so crazy, he's doing a CV. That's how mm-hmm. crazy he's gone. I'm doing CVs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there was this illusion yeah. that you had in your head that was, you know, uh, when, things will go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of go, oh, wait a second. Is there a normal to go back to? What is what is normal? Yeah. What is that? Is yeah. that going to happen? Is that yeah? It was I mean, this... it'll be a a different normal, I guess. Yeah, we'll have to get used to it. Masks will certainly be more prevalent than they ever were in our our, our entire lives growing up. But you know, things yeah, I mean, things change. We were talking about it last week when we were talking about dentists, and I was talking about dentists like when I was younger who just put their bare hands in your mouth, right? And it was we didn't think anything of it. You yeah, know? sometimes their feet. <laughs> But now that was extra. Though. I think you were thinking of the podiatrist. But I think that uh, I, d- I think the podiatrist is doing it wrong. Then he's putting <laughs> his feet in your mouth—that's not what. A that's podi- not how it I works. Mean, technically, it's a podiatrist. He said he was measuring. Weird. Anyway, um, I think the ist at the end is a fetish thing, and that uh, I guess not a doctor. Okay, maybe you I'm, gotta check your dictionary. Yeah, he does. He did. He did leave the room for a few minutes. That's right. And there was a lot of Tarantino movies. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I feel I just I uh, can't remember where I was going with it now that we went off on the pretentious thing. So, yeah, it was a uh, sexy feet in your mouth. Let's yeah, see where let's we see. Go. I'm totally just play this back. Oh my god, I'm distracted now. I can't even think back to what I was saying. But it's fine. It's all good. No, I was just thinking like you know, and now like we would never dream of going to the dentist and him not wearing gloves. Yeah. You know, or not wearing and. You know, and now we'll never dream of going to the dentist and him not wearing a mask when he's working on us. That's just going to way that's going to be. This is not for nothing, but let me just tangent for a second it's and just nothing. go. When did flossing become a thing? <laughs> okay, like always, it was always a thing. Really, in the seventies, yeah. were yeah. people flossing? Did you ever no. see a TV show where someone was flossing their teeth? You ever see a movie where someone's flossing their teeth? Oh, do we see that now? That sounds like disgusting. If someone's doing, well, I'm just asking. Like, yeah. do you remember people flossing in the seventies? Yeah. You do? I remember getting Were your like the little. Flossing? Yeah, we had like that little r- round capsule okay. that had the floss in it. It just feels like that's. But uh, we, did I do it? No. Do I do it now? I do not. Oh, okay. Well, I. Think the you dentist. Should. The dentist gets really mad at me. Yes. Okay. The, or the hygienist, really. More the hygienist is the person who gets upset. That was why I didn't go to the dentist for like two years because I was so uh, anxious about not flossing. This is the thing. The idea of like dentist bugging you about flossing. Oh yeah, no, I'd hate it. It's not, Do you remember, not constructive, like, everyone. Like, if you're watching an old Bob Newhart show, and you had the guy who was the dentist who was there. Do you talking about Jerry? Jerry the dentist. Would Jerry be like, people aren't flossing, it's driving me nuts, Bob. Would they, <laughs> would they be talking about that? It feels like that's not how any even dentists nowadays talk. Just to you. Just part of, because they're pushing the dental floss. I mean, that's the thing, right? Yeah, I'm asking. It's, just, it's about big dental. Big dental floss. Okay. It became part of American and Canadian daily personal uh, care routines in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. So 60s, mm-hmm. no dice. And then no we uh, kicked in with the, with the 70s. I looked up when flossing became popular. <laughs> and they said about uh, 10 years ago. I'm like, what? And it's like, oh, the dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it became popular because well, a was... kid called the backpack kid yeah. was doing things. And then... Well, but uh, if so flossing bit... is so popular because it's promoting flossing, mm. which is also very popular, apparently, for a hygienist to get mad at you about. Right. You're not flossing enough. Your gum, guns are, gums are receding. Oh, brother. Mm-hmm. Just another thing to worry about, I guess. Thanks for that. Which is, which is bad, because you know sometimes if people don't do that, uh, then they smile and it's all bone. <laughs> it's all bone. There's no gum at I all. I think you're Just a like skeleton. The, the, yeah, their mouth is entirely bone. Yeah. And then they smile and their skin flops back and it's all skull. <laughs> You're like, oh, that was a problem. Your gums were holding should've, your skull should've, on. Should have flossed. Should have flossed. Didn't yeah. tell you, but you know, you're now yeah. you're Ghost Rider. Yeah. Good job, idiot. <laughs> yeah. Flip. That's that's a good question, actually. When did now I do? But I do remember in the in the seventies that we talked about flossing. Do you remember in the seventies they would give you like a? I, this happened like when I was in school. We got a pill, like it was like a purple pill. Yeah. And you chewed it, and then it showed on your teeth where you had where they had plaque or whatever. You can still buy those, yeah. Oh, you can still buy those. Yeah, you can buy those on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. You just can't go to the store. Can you still buy pearl drops toothpaste? Oh, that's a good question. I heard that it was it was not the same anymore because it was it was too abrasive for people. Okay, to... well, let me check out this the plaque revealing P- plaque revealing pills. Yeah, plaque revealers and what they were called. They look exactly the same now. Yeah, they basically yeah they... plaque revealing tablets. Yeah. Here we go. Let's see. Plaque revealing tablets. They are put out by gum. Sunstar gum, red coat disclosing plaque tablets. Cherry mm. flavor. They were not cherry flavor <laughs> at all. I remember them being grape or whatever, but maybe I'm just mixing it up in my mind. Yeah, this is a. I'm really curious about these. <laughs> okay, I'm going to look up Pearl Drops in just a second. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, mm-hmm. uh, okay, Dave? Yes. 
I just bought some. You just bought some of those black revealing yeah, ones. I just bought some of those oh, okay. uh, those uh, coating things. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a couple. I'm gonna keep some. And I'm gonna give some to uh, Nina Matsumoto because okay. it's a dental thing. So I think she'll enjoy that. <laughs> now let's take a look at pearl drops. Yeah. Because the pearl drops, of course, you you take a you do your pearl drops and then you rub your tongue on your teeth and go. Mm. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Sexy. It did well because they felt like you were brushing your teeth with sand. So yeah, oh, they better a nice taste. Of better, sand. <laughs> better have some effect. Uh, pearl drops, uh, triple power whitening toothpaste. Mm. Yeah, pearl drops still exist. But is it still in that that little kind of? Because uh, it came in like unlike a nickel in a tube, it came in like a bottle. It's got an hourglass type shape now. Oh, okay. It's not because it used to be like a triangle. Yeah, it's not a triangle anymore. It is mm. a triangle with a little. At the bottom. Okay. So it's like okay. a, a, a like a sexy uh, lady. <laughs> yeah. Named got, Pearl. Yeah, it's a mini Pearl drops. It's got a little tag on the top. Okay. Like a little hat. Huh? Mini Pearl? Anyone out there? You got the fat? Ah, forget it. Doesn't matter. Does is there a price tag on it? Sure. Uh, it is, and the price tags <laughs> is uh, for Pearl. Uh, I know you're talking about the hat, but I'm yeah. going to tell you how much this costs. Okay. Pearl drops uh, triple uh, power whitening toothpaste, which yeah. is our sponsor today on the show. <laughs> uh, Five seventy eight. Not bad. Pretty reasonable. Yep. Uh, but if you want the uh, Whitening Daily uh, Fresh Mint Tooth Polish, uh -oh. you're going to get 50 milliliters of that. That's going to cost you $9.49. That's probably closer to what we used to brush. We didn't use it as a daily thing. It was supposed to be you, you use it every once in a while. Does close-up still exist? Oh, it does. Okay, hmm. that's good. Close-up was the one that was a gel before AIM was the gel. I remember Aquafresh being like the first one to introduce the idea of the two together, the paste and the gel. So AIM wasn't the first one, it was Aquafresh. I'm not sure, but I do remember Aquafresh. In my, in my memory, Aquafresh was the first one I remember seeing that did the, that did the double. <laughs> We're doing a lot of tooth, toothpaste research, everyone. Yeah. This is very important. Now, again, this yes. is, look, a part of our show yes. is, first mm -hmm. of all, we talk about our feelings of the day. Yeah. We talk about stuff from our past that's emotional. Sure. We get into our parent shit. <laughs> you share our lives. But then we get into some nostalgic bullshit. Sure, yeah. About, you know, uh, types of toothpaste. <laughs> We've done this before. We went through a whole big toothpaste thing. But... Right. I'm trying, I'm trying to look up for like a Wikipedia page for Pearl Drops. Uh, you would think they would have one. Yeah. And yet, I don't think they do. Well, that tells me they don't actually exist. Well, they do have, if you want to buy them on... Amazon. You can get it at uh, Walmart as well. Hmm. Yeah. What was your toothpaste when you were a kid? Uh, Crest. Uh, regular Crest? Gel Crest? Uh, oh, yeah, always regular. Winter, and then, winter Fresh or just regular mint? Just, uh, just regular. And then my mom, uh, we went to Aquafresh for a while. Oh. My mom was, was fooled. Maybe we asked for it or, or my mom was fooled by the idea of how efficient it would be. How great would it be to have paste and gel put together in one tube for your delectable if you want aim brushing you can get it mm -hmm. the old aim yep uh on uh, on ebay ah old toothpaste so someone is selling old toothpaste you yeah. can buy old old soap on uh, ebay as well so I like can see what that. pears pears before it was bought by unilever okay so you get the original pears not the new pears that smell slightly different okay Oh, yeah. You're talking about the transparent original soap? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that will cost you. Yeah, 12 pack. How mm -hmm. much would you pay for a 12 pack? How much would I pay for a 12 pack of, of, of that? Well, Pears transparent original soap. Uh, yeah. How much would you pay for that? I would I'd pay $36. You would pay $36? Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you $10 change, sir. Oh, wow. This is $26. Nice. 
That's actually a pretty good deal. It's a pretty damn good deal. If it's the real stuff. You know what? Let me tell you, this is a top-rated seller on eBay. Okay, he's top-rated. So uh, he's a top-rated pearl soap seller. Do you say pearls? Pear soap. Pears. He's pretty proud. Pretty proud. Of his pears. Of his pears. Sales. Sales. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's got a little uh, badge. Yeah. uh, Oh, maybe he's just selling a badge. He's just a (laughs) top-rated seller. Huh. Let's see if uh, Sparks is selling on there. <laughs> eBay, eBay crazy. We uh, we won uh, an award and shot a little video for the award ceremony just before we did this. Mm, what was the award? Yeah, let me just see if, first of all, if I can say if that award has come out. Oh, okay. I think it has. Okay. I'm, I'm 97% sure so you... that the award has come out. Yes, it has. We won an Otter Award. Otter Award. Yeah. And Washington Library Association Award for our, the first book, Sparks. Uh, written by me, drawn by Nina Matsumoto, who we're going to be probably giving a little uh, tablet to soon. That sounds creepy. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Dave is the colorist. So yeah. uh, they want us to do a video for the award ceremony because we can't go because covid uh, yeah. So uh, we shot that with the help of my sister-in-law, Vicky Van, uh, upstairs. A little comedy skit. A little bit. We, we did a little bit. Yeah, it was fun. A little bitty, bitty, bit of a skit. Yeah. Not too long. Nope. Didn't milk it. In and out. In and out. Do your joke. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. That's what they want. That's they what the kids want. They don't, they don't need that at the Otter Awards. They don't need a blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And you know what? We didn't even make like an Otter joke. Oh, do you think they get enough of those? Oh, man. Can you imagine that? You Otter give out more awards. <sighs> Listen, brother, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, there's the Canadian Comedy Awards. Canadian they, Comedy Awards. They don't yeah. exist anymore because uh, the C- guy who ran Canada them, isn't funny. The guy who ran them punched someone once, and that was the end of them. Oh, really? Gen- allegedly. During, during the time of the awards or in the, his, his distant past? Uh, during the time of the awards? Yes. The awards were still in existence when someone got punched, and okay. that was the end of the awards. Okay. That's too bad. It is a, it is a, a well, shame. Did he own them? He created them, so I guess he owned that enough kind of, of them. seems kind of silly that it would stop the whole All thing. All awards are silly. Um, no, there are awards that are not silly. Sir. What about like what? Such Pulitzer? as... <laughs> yes, that's right. I, a little thing that I like to call the Otter Awards. No, that's true. You know, by the Probably way... Probably one of the best awards anyone could ever get in their lives. Yeah. Let's say uh, fuck the Pulitzers because they... Uh, they uh, did that thing this this year where uh, they had uh, three uh, finalists for editorial cartoonists, and then they didn't pick anyone. They, they didn't just, like them. They just decided to not award it. That is really weird. So was it like it's a... It's not weird. They don't like cartoons. Well, yeah. They're that's... fucking snobs. So, <laughs> you know, true. fuck off. But was that the reason for it? They just said yeah. the cartoons aren't worth aren't No, worth no, it time? wasn't that. But yeah. it was like they, they, they were three that were good enough to be finalists, yeah. and then they decided, nope. None of you are good enough for, for a Pulitzer. And, yeah, and the award is a is listen. And my wife wasn't nominated for for for. Yeah, this uh, isn't personal. That. This, this isn't, isn't personal. personal. Yeah, um, but it's a it's a cash award. Like yeah. there's, I think there's like fifteen thousand dollars attached, which is you know a chunk of change. Yeah, and you've got to pay to uh, submit. You have to pay fifteen thousand dollars to. <laughs> you have to pay fifteen thousand dollars to submit. I know it's not good. Uh, it's not good value <laughs> back for sure. Strange. I wonder uh, where they get, when do they get the fifteen thousand dollars to to award. That's interesting. Well, first of all, a lot of people submit to a lot of different things, so there's money to. And I was just joking on the fifteen thousand dollars. Very good, thing. thank you. Um, I don't. <laughs> I'm used to Canadian award shows where that legitimately is a is an yeah, issue. Yeah. 
but yeah, they did not. Uh, they did not. But if you look at the three finalists, they're good. And also, it's like, are you telling me last year there was nothing? Yeah. Last year there was nothing to talk. Like it's such a explosive year with yeah, there's COVID. Yeah. There's the election. There's everything. It's just like, yeah, yeah maybe not this year. No. Nah, no. You know, go fuck <laughs> yourself, Pulitzers. Not good enough, Pulitzers. Yeah, fuck off. Anyway, sorry, where I was going with the otter thing was uh, the King Comedy Awards had an award called the Beaver. Oh. So everyone thought it was a hilarious thing to do sure. a joke about, you know, because beaver can be slang for, you know what Slippers? I'm talking about. Slippers. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Got it. The knee. You know? Oh. You know what I'm saying. Sure. Ugh. And, and and every award show just like yeah. get decreasingly unfunny. Yeah, like it was just like just uh, oh, it's just so unfunny as things were going. And then it's just for uh, so naming a, an award after an animal and doing a joke about an otter. I just I couldn't do it. I could not. Yeah, I you could not bring it. myself yeah. to do it. I first learned about that nomenclature when I was reading Kurt Vonnegut's Breakfast of Champions. Mm. I believe he even has a drawing of that. Mm. Yes, and that was allowed in libraries. I imagine it's being burned now. But uh, that's I did fine. an audition for that's okay. a Kurt Vonnegut play called "Happy Birthday, Wanda June." Yep, I think. that's the play. Um, and uh, and it's and weird. It's, it's a weird play. I was twelve years old, and so I go to the audition. Sure. And it's a cold read. Okay. And uh, my parents are there uh-uh. because they're my parents. Yeah. And I can't drive because I'm twelve, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm. Seems like underachieving, but anyway, go on. So I go into the room yep. with my parents, and I read the and I have to read this thing out loud, mm-hmm. and it ends with, "And why don't you take a flying fuck at the moon?" <laughs> Did you say flying f at the moon? Nope. You said the whole thing. Yeah, it was a cold it's, read. I have to get the I have good, to get the part. Good opportunity. Yeah, it's so, in context. And and you know, I looked over at them, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's legit. Sure, and it's a play. He hates the moon." Oh, oh, that guy hates the moon like Ralph Cramden hates the moon. He just, he just wants to cover it in wives. He hates it so much he wants his wife to go there. Yeah, bam, zoom. And it's like, not because he wants to commit violence on her, no, but no. he wants to hurt the he moon. He wants to hurt the moon, and he, doesn't, he thinks his wife is Yeah, is the annoying. only thing that can hurt the moon is a battle axe. <laughs> yep. The moon hates to get nagged. Yeah, he just like, uh, just shoot, shooting wives up there, just a shrew, shrew. Shrew, shrew, shrew. Oh, that's an interesting sound effect. Yeah. It's appropriate, right? Yeah, it's really yeah, good. It's Shakespearean. It. It's classy. Like I say, I audition for plays. I, yeah. I, get, I get things. Yeah. The Taming of the Shroom. That's, Shroom. It's a BC play. Oh, dude, there's no way there's not a book called The Taming of the Shroom. <laughs> I don't know. How many fucking books about mushrooms do you think have been published in, in British Columbia? Oh, oh too many. Just, just makes too me many. angry. I can see the cover right now. <laughs> I went um, speaking. This is really uh, off topic. Completely off topic. But when I was okay, in, can I just go on topic? Oh, yeah. and then I want your. Yeah, yeah, topic. yeah, yeah. Go on topic. When I lived in Nelson, BC, yeah, uh, there was some kind of mushroom that was there, yeah, and so uh, it was very valuable, and you could harvest it, and you could get a lot of money for it. Is it so chanterelle? I was, maybe. It's yeah, not portobello mushrooms. I don't think it was portobello because those were not rare. Shit, Aki. There's no need for that sort of <laughs> all mushrooms grow in shit doggy. Um, but it was some kind of mushroom that was like a fancy pants mushroom. Yeah. So there was all these uh, people that were like, yeah, we went out and we, uh, oh, we made uh, so much money. And just like hundreds of dollars. <laughs> we made thousands of dollars. We made this much dollars. Yeah. They're just bragging all the money they made sure, sure. on the mushrooms. 
And it just was like so annoying that you're just like, if I had heard that someone got eaten by a bear, it would just be good. <laughs> good. Good. That puts, a, that puts an end to that nonsense. There's <laughs> a smile in your heart. Yeah, it's so rare to find mm -hmm. these mushrooms. But we found this patch of them. And oh, yeah, we brought them in. And they were like, we've never seen this many. And they get, oh, hundreds of dollars. And I just want to say, and you declared it to the government, right? Yeah. Uh, get out of here, you. You're <laughs> I, making me into a narc. Get out of here. I, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, speaking of m mushroom boars, then... Okay. I, when I was in grade 11 in, in graphic design, there was a guy who sat at the table with me and this other other girl, and uh, he was he would just describe in the in great boring detail all his like shroom trips. <laughs> you know, be like, oh man, I saw the devil and he was chasing me and blah blah blah. And it's, you're like, oh, you don't want to, you know, you didn't like. I'm not a rude person, so I would just kind of li listen in some silence. But I'm just thinking, doesn't this person know how boring dreams are? <laughs> Like no one wants to hear someone describe a dream because it's not a good story. It's just, it's random. It's it, there's nothing there's no there's nothing dynamic about it. It's it's just a time waster. Like you know there's gonna be no payoff. Like it's a shaggy dog story with no shaggy dog in yeah. it. You know, it's and, all symbolism. It's all it's just, yeah, it's just it's as much as junk you about saw. About something that I don't know about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know your I don't know your psychological problems. Like it's the is, last two chapters of Gulliver's Travel. <laughs> what's this a what's this a political satire of? What are you talking about? Well, it was I don't think the Wyndhams are political satire, but that's okay. Okay, fair enough. I saw that. I saw you said that. You said that in uh, Manicon on the Moon. We did do that. Yes. And I was thinking. I guess he doesn't know it's religious satire, but anyway, it's oh, fine. Oh, okay. Because that's what the whole like uh, the cracking of the egg on top or bottom is Protestantism, Catholicism. Ah, very good. Yeah. How about the Lilliputians? What were they represented? I don't really know. I'd have to look look at that. But, very good. Yeah. Because because you know it goes to Laputa. Which is like a, a a a nightmare of science, the floating island, and then the flying island, I guess I should say. And then there's the last part of it is, is when he goes to the land of the Winnems, which are these civilized horses. It's a satire on different aspects of human society and humankind itself, mm -hmm. according to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's different elements of it. I, I think, I think the. So do you think any aspect of it was political? Oh, I'm sure there were. Ah, oh, very. I mean, good. he was, still stands. Yeah, yeah. No, no. He was a. He was a. He was a. Uh, a wig. And let me also say that in the joke that you were talking about, by the way, we're talking about Mannequin on the Moon, a yeah. daily comic strip I do with Pia Guerra. Yeah. Uh, you can go to Go Comics. I still gave it a like on, on Go Comics. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> but in the, in the cartoon, uh, yeah. the, the, the character who's saying this is going, I don't know what this is. Yeah. You know, I don't understand it. So yeah. if he yeah. gets it wrong, it's justified. No, no, it's fine. He does not understand. It's fine. It. This is some sort of political. I know. I enjoyed it. Very good. I, uh, it was, a, it was also, a fairly popular cartoon I, this week. I'm very good. That's good. I just wanted to point out there was also religious satire very and good. satire of science and satire of of uh, and then the, it ends with uh, with um, Swift's own insanity because he did go insane. Mm. He he would wear like a hair shirt, like which was a a shirt with like. Uh, bristly hair that would be turned backwards so it rubbed against your skin and abraded you. What type of hair would it be? I usually, they would do like horse's hair so mm -hmm. it would be like a really coarse, painful and it would actually scratch and abrade your skin and it was, you know, but he was, he'd gone insane so his hatred of humanity was too much for him to bear. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, he was a very disappointed man. Oh. You know, he wanted to be a, a big wig, a W-H-I-G wig. Did he do a modest proposal? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. A Draper's. He, he didn't uh, believe in that for real nearly though, right? He oh no 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 no, no no. Okay, that's good. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it was more for him it was more about his worthlessness as a human. And that's what that's reflected in the, the land of the Winhams where, you know, we are compared to these very civilized horses 
and these beasts are much more civilized and much more advanced than we are. And it's just him like drawing up, just showing like humans think they're so great. We think we're so civilized. We think we've advanced so far, but really we're still just, we're just animals still like crawling right. in the dirt. You know? And who were the yahoos? The yahoos were us oh, in that world. Okay. Yeah. We're, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the humans in Planet of the Apes that, you know, aren't Charlton Heston, right? That are just like animals themselves. Yeah. That's what the yahoos are. Okay. And so the, you know, it's just like a turnaround. The horses, the horses are us and the, People are are horses in the, in or beasts, you know, the, in the in the uh, the Winhams. Yeah, it's it's a it's a funny book. I think that book would be fun to do with other people, like as a book study, mm. like read it and because it actually I remember doing that with our friend Tony Ingrams when we were in in uh, uh, English lit together and just gutting ourselves la- laughing at it because it just seemed it made it much funnier to like. Because instead of just reading it, to like kind of explore it together, and it just, you just realize, oh man, this is, you know, he's doing all these great things, you know, like, you know, it's just, yeah. And of course, it's so great. His, the, the reason he gets kicked, up, kicked, has to leave Lilliput, of course, is he puts out the fire at the castle with, yeah, well, by peeing uh, on it, yeah. And that's uh, too, a step too far. Even though, he's, <laughs> even though he's, in his mind, he's a hero. You he know, saved lives. It was so terrible. He peed on the king and queen, so of course he has to leave. But I mean, the, the, the Lilliputians aren't a parody of aren't a parody of anything in particular. They're a parody of humanity. They're humanity, us looking down on humanity and seeing this, all these small concerns as tiny concerns in reality. You know, mm-hmm. like the idea of whether you should crack an egg from the top or the bottom, you know, which is this, the reason Lilliput's going to war with this other island nation, you know. <laughs> and then he goes to the island where he's small and everyone's large, and then he sees humans as these great, coarse, gross creatures and everything that we do... To him, because of the the difference in size, are gross and 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 overly large, and and so you know he's just doing these different perspectives on humanity, you know. And then then he stopped there, and then it took several years, and then he came back to the book and he did the second parts of it. So he did the and those parts are was much, it published in chapters or as a I whole? guess it was probably serialized or not really necessarily serialized, but I think the first part was published and then it was published. The second half came out okay. later on, and kind of like Don Quixote did the same thing, like um, Cervantes publish it in two two parts and one part came quite a bit after the and same thing you know the author's life changed their perspective so the second half is much more is much different than the first half like the first half of color of shovels is kind of playful and fun the second half is very terrifying in its vision of humanity and you know and that reflected swift's own change of uh, in his own mindset you know whereas when he was younger he was much you know, he had a sense of fun, and he was a fun person. But as he got older, he got more and more morose and depressed. And he said he wrote inward. Gulliver's Travels to vex the world rather than divert it. Not really sure what that means. I mean, vex the world, I guess. Yeah, to irritate the world instead to, of diverting you know, it, entertaining being it, a, uh, being entertaining. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think that's true. I think I don't think he wrote the first part with that with that a mindset. I think that was his feeling when he finished the second part of it. It would be interesting as a challenge. I mean, I like your idea of uh, going through the original text. Yeah. Uh, thing by thing. But it'd be interesting challenge, uh, like just a writer's challenge of just like do further adventures of, of of Gulliver, but like satirizing something that's going on in the world today, and just like yeah, you know, what's the world that he goes to, and and then you got to like wrap that in a bow. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, present it in the style. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I was a huge fan of Swift when I was a teenager, believe it or not. It's really weird. No, I, I could see read that. read A Tale of a Tub, and or Tale of the Tub, Tale of a Tub, and A Modest Proposal. And, and he, you know, he wrote a lot of things. He's a very talented writer. Um, when you read Gulliver's Travels, like, there's a reason 
that it's, it still lives, you know. I, I mean, unfortunately, it's been downgraded into the idea that it's children's literature because of the fantasy elements of it, of the small people and stuff. And now we sort of associate it with, this is mean children read. No, <laughs> no child could read Gulliver's Travels. It would be insane. They, would, they could read an abridged version or a written-down yeah. version, you know, but they couldn't read the original version. Well, I like that. It's the, first, it's the first world he goes to. So even if you stop reading the book, you remember that bit. Oh, for sure. So for that's, sure. It's that, very that's memorable. the image. I was yeah. as a kid like, why can't you stand up? That's not too hard. What do they do? They put little stakes in there around you? You're all tied up? You can, mm. you can stand up. It's sand. Come on, Gulliver. Smart up. Yeah, in the in the book his hair is braided to the to like the trees and stuff like that. So I guess I'll I guess if I guess if you're attached to enough things it'd be Yeah. It'd be pretty hard to stand. To. Not sure about the physics of it. I really think Miss Mythbusters should have covered that. <laughs> Could Gulliver be tied to enough shit that yeah, you will yeah. not, that Could you would Gulliver have escaped? And all the ropes crossing and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that he could have just... But if you're bound closely enough that you can't get enough, you know, force because your hands are tied to your side. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, they did it. They did it. They did it. I mean, you can't argue with it. It's in a book, so you can't make yeah. that shit up. You can't, no. That's what Jonathan Swift said. It was like, uh, you can't make this shit up. Yeah. That yeah. was his most famous quote. <laughs> his most famous quote. <laughs> they, said, they said, what is this thing? You wrote this modest proposal. He said, you can't make this shit up. This is what people really want to have happen in, yeah. in Ireland. He yeah. wasn't. He wasn't Irish. He he was sent to Ireland to as a as a priest. Like not as a priest because he was he was Anglican, but he was sent there as a minister. Uh, he was a dean in in uh, Dublin, I think. And so then, uh, yeah, then he had a lot of problems. I don't when, think he ever married. And when people got upset about you know a modest proposal, he went, "Well, I guess you can't talk about anything nowadays. <laughs> I guess you can't do anything. I'm <laughs> being silenced. Yeah, I guess that's the way it is. Well, okay." Yeah. And then he you know made a big. It was called it was called canceleth culture. That's right. Let's see. Was he ever married? I don't see him married. No, uh, he was not married. I think no. He probably, and instead, probably had a good relationship with his with his uh, cook. And instead of his picture on his Wikipedia page, it looks like there's a picture of Bach. So anyway. well, they all wore the same wig. They all wore the same damn wig. They yeah. shared a wig, which was also horse hair. So you know, he's just horse hair all over the place. It's a bunch of nude horses walking around. No, he liked the Wynnum so much. Sexy nude horses walking around. Not nude horses. They, they're afraid they. I'm afraid the horses get done in. <laughs> Yeah, they had a very different pony club back then. That's a, I guess, I guess because uh, lice and stuff like that was so prevalent, everyone kept their hair very close cropped. So if you wanted to have like very presentable, you know, fashionable hair, you would wear a big giant puffy wig, which still lives on in the court system in Canada yeah. and England. Yeah, that should that should go away. The wigs? Yeah, I think so. It seems kind of silly. It seems damn silly. It's like, you know, we're dealing with, like, murders and horrible crimes, and you put on your wing? Get out of here. It's like, a, it's like a uniform, but yeah, it's kind of... I kind of like the idea of uniforms, though, to be honest with you. Like, I like when, you know, there was the milkman who would come around, and they would have, like, a uniform as a Right, milkman. and then he'd get a lot of action. <laughs> I right? Know, I don't know. Because of the uniform? Yeah. Women love a man in a uniform? Yeah. Even if it's a... Look, for Dairyland? Dairyland uniform? There's two things. Yeah. One... Uh, and you say women. There was yeah. men too. There's yeah. a lot of men sure. having sex as well. Yeah. Don't fool yourself. Uh, so one, uh, first of all, the uniform. Yeah. It's the best looking person you're going to see that morning. I guess right. So. That's the sharpest. Yeah. Everyone else is just dragging their ass out of bed. <laughs> uh, you know, probably their spouse <laughs> is leaving. Yeah. And it's like ugh, awful. And then uh, two, convenient. Yeah. Of like, I want to have an affair. I don't want to go out. You know hey, what? This guy's just coming to my house. But you know who I feel this sorry convenient. for? Yeah, I know it's convenient. By the way, yeah. I can have some sex. Sure. And be done by noon. 
I've got the rest of my day. It's not one of these things where I've got to yeah. go out to a nightclub. Ugh. I've got to do stuff. Ugh. Do I have to spend the night? Ugh. Yeah. It's like just a big time suck. This guy, guy in a nice outfit, comes to my place. We have some sex. He goes, I got to deliver more milk. You go, yes, you do. Get out of here. Yeah. They go. You're happy. He's happy. Everyone's happy. Maybe you get some free yogurt. What's the thing? I was going to say, the people I feel sorry for are all the deliveries after. Because all their milk is kind of warmish instead of being... Like rise. I'm sure they've got some refrigeration. Yeah, maybe I guess the trucks are probably refrigerated. I think you're right. And yeah. then you know who comes around? The bread man, and he gets you know. Was there a bread man? Yeah, I don't remember that. The guys from uh, Palm. They would come by by our Palm. P O M Palm. What does yeah. that stand for? Uh, some bread. Oh okay. Let's see what Palm freaking. <laughs> I, I just wondered. Uh, was the was company owned by a Pomeranian? I just remember like we yeah. had. Milk, okay, first of all, mm-hmm. this is something that bugged me as a kid. Okay. One, we would... Yes, you didn't they, see this, but Ian was pointing at me. I'm pointing at you. It's very serious. Pointing at you, sir. Yes, I, I feel blamed. Um, yeah. One, mm-hmm. uh, the, the milk truck would come by and would deliver us, are you thinking bottles? Bullshit. We were back east. Bags. Bags of milk. Bags of milk, yeah. Bags of milk would be dropped off and we put them into our milk satchels yep. and pour them. The, uh, the milk pitcher, really. And then the bread truck would come by, and it was Palm, P-O-M, okay. and yeah. it was like three happy bakers sure. looking looking out through the letters, yeah. and then would deliver loaves of bread. But, but what upset me was when I found out one day, like, uh, you know, the milk truck, yeah. they have ice cream. I'm like, what do you mean? Mm. Yeah, they have ice cream. So why don't we get some ice cream? Yeah, we just want milk. Well, that's that's bullshit. They have ice cream. Yeah, they have. They had ask him for some ice cream. They had. Well, they would have cream. They would have milk. You you would make an order up, and they would deliver it to you. So if you wanted coffee cream, and if you wanted your milk and stuff, you got all that. Unbelievable that we could have had ice cream. Like first of all. I'm spending my life as a kid yeah. chasing ice cream trucks. <laughs> Just chasing that shit. Yeah. Like, are you here? Sure, sure, sure. Run! But like, and not knowing that, like, wait, there's a truck. That's already coming to the house yeah. with ice cream. Yeah. And we're not taking advantage of that situation. No. Did you get milk delivered? Yes. We never did. I do remember the truck delivering like to our neighbors and people people in our neighborhood. In fact, I think I do believe that a neighbor across the street from us drove a milk truck, which seemed odd. Because I think That's he so much sex. <laughs> so well, much he had sex. a very good looking wife, so I hope he I hope he uh, just appreciated what he had because she was one hot mama, in okay. my opinion. Well, that's good. Speaking as a teenage boy. Ah, uh, here we go. I'm finding the... I just found the, the, the Palm logo. I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember that here. I don't remember the... Uh, no, no. It looks like it delivery. was... Oh, here's what it stands for. And here's why... Okay. Asked and answered. Okay. One, it's gonna, I'm going to tell you what it stands for. Two, you're going to go, that's why you don't know it. Yeah. Pride of Montreal. Ah. Oh. There you are. Nice. There we are. Yeah, no, that'd be Asked great. Asked and answered, David. It's... I guess it's too untenable now, but it it feels like that would be nice to still have. But people aren't at home. That's a problem. Like, unless they came really early in the morning, you would, wouldn't be there to receive your milk, and it would just sit on the stoop all day. Well, I mean, come the, uh, the, the pandemic, I've had groceries delivered on a pretty regular basis. Sure. So I can have milk and bread delivered, mm. plus much, much more. Yeah. So, you know, it feels like one of those things, again, that we go like, oh, but I wish you're, we still... But you're at home. You can bring it in, into the house. I can. Like I, I, I don't actually like milk that's been warm. Okay. Like I, I like my milk very cold, like almost like ice cold. But I, I don't like it. Even ice cold, I don't like it if it's been sitting out and got warm and then put back in the fridge. I still will drink it because that would be waste. Would be waste to throw it away or anything. But I don't, I don't enjoy it. I'm just like mechanically drinking milk to get rid of it by that point. Okay. But yeah, I just love a like milk that's 
just been kept as cold have as possible. Have you drank a glass of milk basically straight from a cow? I have had milk from a cow, yes. I have milked the cow. And did you, and you drank the milk? Mm-hmm, yeah. And that would have been very warm milk. Yeah, it's not uh, my favorite thing in the world, but I did it because, you know, what the heck, how often are you going to get the opportunity? You were in front of a cat, and you I wanted was, to, like, show off yeah, to the cat, the like, cat. Like, <laughs> look what I can do. He was like, like son yeah, of a bitch. Come on, come on, dude, what, I'm over here. I want my whiskers dripping. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. That's... What's that's wrong? a disturbing. It's that's not a disturbing thing to hear anyone say. You've never it's seen a cat it's... drink thing from a bowl and have yeah. its whiskers. No, no, it's just a disturbing sentence. I want my whiskers dripping. <laughs> that's not fine. No, no, that's just a disturbing sentence. Listen, you no, doesn't. There's no context don't in the world. Don't judge a cat. I will. You're judging I a will, cat. I will meow shame, sir. <laughs> I want my whiskers dripping. <laughs> I can. You know what? That's what the cat no, said. I. Nope. When I was if there, people are pulling away from the I'm podcast right judge. now. They're going like, Ugh. I don't think so. I think it's uh, just you. Well, no, just you, just you. No, no one else. Everyone else loved it. They loved that cat, and they want to hear more about him or her. I didn't get the actual gender of it before I squirted it with milk from a cow's teat. Okay, but you did get the gender of the cow. It was. <laughs> they're all. That is the important thing. If they're giving you make that stunt, if they're, if they're giving you milk, there's only one one gender. Depends what you're grabbing. Sure. Depends what you're milking, you mean? Yep. Yeah. This just this joke. I think there's a bunch of Farrelly <laughs> Brothers movies based on this whole idea. <laughs> there's several different ones. Yeah. It's a pretty. It's it's used in every one of their films. Oh, we have driven the car off the there's road. There's something about dairy. Oh, that's the movie that they. <laughs> Thank you. Very nice. <laughs> Silly. Do you know what? Uh, I, I I'm enjoying the uh, the TV show uh, Only Murders in the Building. It's very good. I'm enjoying it. But? But. <laughs> I thought okay. this was coming. When you do, uh, when you do say, Comic-Cons, yeah. and then you see a Comic-Con in a TV show, okay. you go, nope. Yeah. When you do stand-up, and then you see a stand-up club in yeah. a TV show, and you go, nope, no way. Yeah. And then when you do a podcast, mm-hmm. and then you see a, some people putting together a podcast in a TV show. Yeah. So you guys are, without spoiling what's happening in the thing, yeah. you're just making this up as you go along. It's a popular podcast. People know the building that you're living in. Yeah. What's well, it's happening? not. It's established as not a popular podcast. But Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it will be it probably. Because like in this week's episode, they, they meet some okay. other podcasters. Sure. But let's go with like um, when they started their podcast. Yeah. Uh, they wanted it to be popular. Sure, of course. Yeah, okay. yeah. So in their minds... They're trying to solve a murder. Yes. Doing a podcast. Yeah. While, like, how are you going to solve a murder when you're a popular podcast and people in the building will know about your podcast? Yeah. And you're trying to sneak around on the sly. Yeah, it doesn't make and yet sense. You're doing a public podcast. Like, the gen- like, I enjoy all the characters. I enjoy where it's going. Mm-hmm. I enjoy all, all these things about it. But, like, sweet Mary, Jesus's mom, uh, how does that make a lick of sense? Especially, like, I think two of you are celebrities. Mm-hmm. One of you is a mild celebrity, and one of you is a celebrity celebrity. That yeah. should, people should be stopping all the time and going, hey, how do you do it? How does how this work? <laughs> yeah. I know I agree with you. It's the usual thing. Like, it's, it's just there as a vehicle for, for, the, for the show to, like, attach itself. It's just, it's just a, it's the MacGuffin of the, of mm-hmm. the show, the, the podcast. Just like... You know, the comedy club is the MacGuffin of punchlines. It's meaningless to the movie. Right. The 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 situation of the film is entirely it could be anywhere. They could do that movie. Punchline makes no sense. They could do whatsoever. that in the bowling alley. They could do that movie anywhere. You know, but they're just cho- they're choosing that lo- they're choosing they're choosing that location as as a uh, you know because at that time comedy clubs were popular. 
they do have one element to this. To, like I, I again, I do enjoy the show quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they have one element to it that's so weird to me. Okay. That they introduced, which is the uh, the, the the Tina Fey character, who is basically a Sarah Caning type character. Is that was that Tina Fey playing that that part of the Sarah Caning type? I didn't even recognize. Yeah, her. it's Tina Fey. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So uh, it's it's Tina Fey, but they they do a thing where they go to her office and you see there's two others that are like basically doing the same voice. I'm like, oh, she it's like is she breeding other yeah. versions of herself so she can so. do more podcasts? <laughs> and it's just like it's just this weird thing of like, yeah. wait, what's happening here? What's what's going on? They're t- you're training them to do your voice. She's so making that they a can, true crime factory. Yeah, she's making a true f- crime factory where other people are being her. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, hell, that might be what happens in the in the murder thing is that, you know, she's involved in it. But like there's other people who are doppelgangers because she's creating doppelgangers, you know, that uh, frame her for something that she does. That's possible. Yeah, they might do that. I think that's a little cheap, but maybe. I mean, the idea of like that the murderer in a a thing is actually Sarah Koenig. That's I I think they're just having fun with the idea that. All, everyone's voices in those programs is all very similar. They kind of follow a very similar model of speaking. Yeah, know. yeah. I guess it could be like a, a riff of that. I think that's what they're But going the idea for. that she's having her be her, or another yeah. version of her, yeah. that's just so that's, weird. Their interns are just learning to, to speak in that particular I idiomatic have, way of... I, uh, just reading some people's reactions uh, to it that have been like, oh, they're, they're steamed about it. Uh, they, steamed about the podcasting part of it? No, they're steamed about the, the TV show. Oh, and here's why. All right. Because it's uh, Steve Martin. Sure. It's Martin Short. Okay. It's uh, Selena Gomez. Too many Martins. That's, uh, there's quite a few Martins there. People are really mad about that. Could be worse. You could have a Chevy Chase in there. And then you got your full three amigos, and then we got some trouble. By the way, if it is a Chevy <laughs> Chase who turns out to be the murderer, mwah, beautiful. Well done. I what would if love to see that. What if it's Randy Newman as a bush? Yes. Okay. What if it is? That's in the three amigos as well. Randy Newman as a bush? Yeah. Remember they meet the talking bush? Don't. Oh, okay. Let's play it by Randy Newman. I've got to see this again. <laughs> but when you think uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Yes. Uh, and then you have this kind of show that, for all intents and purposes, is fairly light, you know. Yeah. But there it's are. Lighthearted. But, but there's tons of swearing mm. in it, like a lot of swearing. And like this week's episode starts off with like. Just like it's an R-rated movie's worth of swearing. Okay. And so they, they live in this world where things are goofy and broad and comedic and, and sort of light. And there's some dark stuff as yeah, well. Yeah. But then there's also these people that seem to be living in a very realistic world where it's just, you know, uh, tons of fucks yeah. going on. And a lot of... I didn't uh, even notice this, but okay. Oh, there's loads. Okay. Especially this week where yeah. there was another narrator that started it. And she was like effing the way through f-town but yeah there's all these people who are like watching it on the disney channel uh, so they're like oh i love these characters let's watch it fuck, 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 fuck. and it's like mm. it was just it's just an interesting choice yeah it's not it's make. on stars but yeah i can see the mistake people which would you be making. get through yeah 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 uh, i understand disney channel. i understand but it's it's you don't expect like a, a martin short and steve martin comedy vehicle with selena gomez to be uh, <laughs> f-bomb mcgee that's well it's fine. this is this is not my problem hey deal, I'm fine. deal with it folks all these blue stockings with their clutching their pearls my wife has a tv show on uh, on uh, disney plus in uh, in uh, the uk right now sure so they're probably uh, all mad about the swearing in that there show. are some people that are and and there's some people who are going i can't find it and it's because mm. there are settings on disney plus where you can set it to not 
have shows with swearing. I so you see. Can just have your kids watch uh, whatever you want to watch, and there you go. I thought it was because in in the English alphabet, the British alphabet, there's no Y, so they have no way of showing. That's that. true. The British alphabet has no Y. They don't believe yeah. in that whole. Uh, you either are a vowel or you're a consonant. Uh, we're not going to have this. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, not halfway. Yeah, no halfway. Uh, the Queen Mother said no, mm-hmm, and she then did. she turned to Dick Francis and went like, "Get off that horse! Yeah, your shards." Well, she made him take the Y out of his name. A bag of glass. Get off the horse. <laughs> he was got to di- shave it for a shirt sure. so that Mister Swift can wear it. Yeah, because his name was originally Dick D D Y C K F R A N C Y S, and he had to. Get rid of those and replace them with eyes. Yep. And, you know. Cause... It almost sounded sound like we were starting to sing a song. <laughs> His like... name is. <laughs> yeah, so sorry, I was going to go into a, into a rap. Yeah, I was going into a Hamilton Eminem's, style rap. Eminem inspired rap. Oh, was, was Hamilton inspired by Eminem? Among other things. Okay. I would say, if you were to ask uh, Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda. Miranda? He, he influenced Eminem. Uh, no. Uh, but I, I'm sure if you were to ask him what his influences are, yeah. uh, the white guy would not be the first one that he would bring up. No, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But, but you know, my name is. Mm-hmm. That's pretty pretty popular. It, is, it was very popular. Indeed. I liked it. Good. But it was all downhill from there. You didn't like uh, that... Uh, Stan, uh, I think it? Yeah, you didn't like Stan? It's okay. I just... Forgot about Dre? You didn't like that? Eh, it's just so much yelling. Like, what I liked about My Name Is, is it's just, like, kind of fun and, 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 you know, it's having fun. Whereas the other ones are just, like, him kind of yelling at you through the whole thing. And I just, I'm just not into, I'm not into aggro. Okay. How about 8 Mile? Did you like this on a, the, the, whatever, that moment, but the moment to lose it, you want it, want it just take it. <laughs> I thought 8 Mile was, a second. I thought hey, 8 Mile was fine. It. it was a hey, fine this movie. is your one shot. Hey, mm-hmm. it's, it's one time. Can't do it again. Yeah. Seriously, this one take. This is my one shot. Here I go. <laughs> All right, no do-overs. No mulligans. Here we go. There's the future. It's yours. It's the past. And it's go. It seemed it seemed a lost opportunity that film. Like you know, it had like uh, I can't remember the director's name now, but he directed L.A. Confidential. Okay. Directed Eight Mile. Okay. And so you feel like, well, here's a really good director. He directed The Wonder Boy. You know, he's a Curtis, good director. Uh, Hanson. There you go. And so you think, well, this is a good opportunity for for a movie like this. You know, we're going to have something that's. You know, like an interesting exploration of this of, of this sort of life and blah blah blah. But no, the movie's kind of by the numbers mostly, and so it doesn't really feel like they're doing very much. I mean, it's, it's well shot. It looks good. It's well paced. It ha- you know, it's a good film. But it's just nothing. You're not like, whoa! I can't believe I watched that movie. Okay. You know, whereas what would you say is a better film, uh, Eight Mile or Flashdance? Well, it's been a long time since I saw Flashdance, but okay, I f- they're both Steel Town girls on a Saturday night looking for the fight of their life. <gasps> oh. I can't judge because I can't. I can't remember Flashdance at all. Okay, uh, let's go. Uh, is it a better film than Purple Rain? No, Purple Rain is better because the performances are better, more yeah, interesting. Okay, very good. Because most of the, you know, most of like the scenes in in Eight Mile, he's learning to to do be a rapper. You know, so he's not there okay. until partway through the film. Like then, then he starts to get starts to understand. He starts to get his character and understand how you know who he is and how to do what he does. But I. I feel like uh, Eminem as a as a rapper. Well, you know, like I just feel like his music is just too too one note. You know, like I just I just don't enjoy that element. I'm gonna say if you want to see a comedy about a rapper mm-hmm. that's quite good, yeah. uh, it's uh, Dave. It's a comedy called Dave that you can get on cable. Dave. Dave. Okay. It's about a it's about a rapper who calls himself Little Dicky, and he's just an odd guy. And uh, but it's good. It's hard to. I don't even want to describe it too much. Okay. But like, he's actually a legitimately good rapper as well. Okay. And they have a rap scene at the end. They're like, "Ooh, 
It's really good. Um, Does he sing a song about saving money? Could be. Okay. It's possible. All right. But I'm sure if you do a search for it on your cable, you will find it. Okay. Yeah. It's always available for streaming? It's. Uh, I've seen all the episodes that are available for streaming. Oh, it's a TV show? Yes, sir. Okay, okay. It's not Dave, the uh, the movie with uh, Kevin uh, uh, Costner. Klein. Kevin Costner. Not Kevin Costner. Dances with Dave. No. Love that movie. You should know this. It's dances, your, name. Dances it's your goddamn with, name. Dances with Dave. You should Dave's. know all movies with your name in it. I'd know a movie if there was the name was Ian. I know. couldn't go see it because I, I can't go see a movie that's about a person with my name. I just feel... This just makes me too nervous that he might do something that would shame all Daves. Mm. I felt that way with Thor too. With Ian Boothby. He really did shame all Ians. It was really nice, actually. This week, um, they uh, they kind of go back to... Uh, uh, there's a Thor, a what if. Okay. And, uh, it was it what if Thor 2 was good? And uh, Darcy, the character Darcy is in it. She's okay. uh, the one who dates uh, in Thor 2, uh, Ian Boothby. Okay. Played by Kat Dennings? Kat Dennings, okay. that's correct. Who you might also remember from... WandaVision. WandaVision, which I was worried that her ex... Or her current boyfriend, Ian Boothby, would show up in that show. Okay. And that would ruin the show for me. He yeah, does not. He does not. Pretty clearly, he, they've broken up. He does show up in Two Broke Girls. You shut up, you liar. <laughs> Don't even start. Don't even start with that. But he's not in the What If episode. All right. Either. So uh, All right. I think the Ian Boothby ship has sailed as far as Marvel goes. Okay. So I feel okay about that. That character has been much like... Every other character in Thor 2, they've been excised from the uh My hope is this. Yep. I hope when Thanos did the snap, he vanished. Mm -hmm. And I know most people came back safely. I hope he just appeared over the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Or a volcano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something along those lines. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to judge you for wishing death upon a person. Fine. Have you ever had a character named David Dedrick uh, appear in a no, movie? No, because it's, a, it's well, no, it's a totally crazy name that no one would use for a movie. Okay, you checking? You checking now? I am. And no, it will never have been in a movie. Okay. Ever. Okay, very good. Okay. Now oh. just, what's that? Talking about finding about the sleep doctor. No, the first order? thing that the first thing that comes up. Yeah. Well, first of all, is your Instagram, but that's probably because we know each other. Yeah. Second, second thing is your last job, your LinkedIn page. Oh, okay. Yeah. Funny. It mentions that you're the co-host of Sneaky Dragon. Hmm. First I've heard of this. <laughs> well, I hate to break it to you. What's that? I co-host Sneaky Dragon with you. Uh, I thought you horse uh, did the horse, uh, horse... Horse Mysteries. Horsing Around. Horse... <laughs> Doesn't... No, that's the BoJack Horseman had uh, that as Horsing Around. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, we we did get your letters about names for the horse thing. We'll get to that in the letters column. Sure will. At the end of the, uh, of the, of the episode. Uh-huh. Dave. Yes, sir. This is the time of the show where I I ask you. Okay. Uh, what's what's what what's going on with soap operas in the seventies? <laughs> How about soap operas in the sixties? Oh, like, are we still in the sixties? Sixty nine. Yeah, we're still there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nice. As as uh, <laughs> as um, Serge Gainsbourg called it, l'année erotique. Nice. And as as Brian Adams called it, summer of sixty nine. <laughs> gonna suck up some blood now <laughs> hope there's no crucifix and my friend is a werewolf that cage ain't doing the trick <laughs> here comes oh angelique and then man so and so far that was good thanks can't believe you can't rem- i can't believe you pay attention to this all right so um those creepy twins are back <laughs> they're not twins they're kids the kids yeah the kids oh okay so when we uh, left off a 
couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We had a confrontation between David and Amy mm-hmm. because Quentin tried to murder Chris, her brother. And so she was very upset about that. Okay. You know, partly because they tried to murder her brother, partly because she was cut out of the planning. Ah. You know, so she felt, felt a little dist. Yeah, you would. Felt a little distant. Yeah. And so uh, she decided she's going to go to Liz and tell the truth. And uh, now Maggie over here is part of the conversation. Let me tell you right now, that never comes back in. Yeah? We see her, you know, we see, we see Amy stomp out of David's room and David yelling after her. And then you see, like, Maggie there coming around the corner and going like, hmm? But you don't, I don't know, it's weird. Anyway, so, uh, so this next episode opens with David trying to prevent Amy from telling the truth. Okay. And he, uh, he basically becomes, sort of becomes like a, a wrestler. He grabs her and puts her in an arm lock. Oh. And is like trying to pull her up the stairs. And Liz walks in. And she's like, what's going on here? It's like, well, we're playing a game. <laughs> and she goes, what Call kind of game is this? Twister. Yeah. Goes, well, we're pretending that she's in jail and she tried to escape and I'm taking her back. And, and Liz is like, well, that's no game. And so then uh, she sends David up to his room and he, you know, you're, you're grounded, mister. You go up to your room. Yeah, quit toasting arms. <laughs> and so uh, Amy goes into the, into the living room. Now, apparently on the show, it had one, it basically had one fixed set that was always, uh, always there. And that was the, the foyer of, of Collinwood and the living room of Collinwood. And so the foyer, it's, it has the entryway, like the entrance to the house, it has a stair. So when you enter into the into the this foyer, as you walk in to your right, there's a stair a stairway way that goes up to the second story of the house and a little kind of walkway that takes you into that part of the house. And then if you walk in further, there's, there's the the grandfather clock that Julia famously tried to hide a a book in. <laughs> and then there's a a right turn there as well that goes through a, a doorway into what I assume is. The area where Mrs. Johnson, like a ki- the kitchen and stuff like that, where she, okay. she is. And if you walk straight ahead, there's a pair of double doors that will take you into the living room of the house. And so By this way, is where did they shoot this show? Do you remember? In New York City. In New York. Okay. Yeah. So they had a they had a building there. Apparently, a very rundown building. Okay. Which was ABC Studios there. Hmm. And so they had the set constructed there. So, okay. So that was always standing, but all the other sets would be taken down and, and, and then put up when needed. All right. So if they needed like... up the set right now. Sure. If they needed like to have David's room, you know, they would they would put it together, you know, and or, or if they needed to have like a scene in Maggie's room, they would put it together for that, for that episode. Okay. All right. But so a lot of the stuff that happens on the show is almost always filmed in the foyer living room area because that was always available and they didn't have to do any extra work to do that. So as much as they could situate stuff there, that's what they would do. Okay. I, I just looked up uh, the TV set blueprints. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so, um, so yeah, so Amy comes with, goes with Liz into the living room area. Like David goes up the stairs mm-hmm. and then he walks off in a huff. And so then Amy and Amy and Liz go into the, into the living room and Amy tells, starts telling Liz about the game, the game as they call this thing they're doing with Quentin. You right. Know, sort of these these things that are supposed to be teasing, or they the kids were I guess assume they were playful, but stretching a wire across the stairs and having your dad trip <laughs> down them it doesn't seem like a playful game to me. Yeah. Like why we're suddenly worried about it because Chris is getting into it. You know? Even Wednesday Adams is going. It's a bit much. Yeah, it's really. It's not just a game, you guys. That's right. You could really get hurt. Yeah. Uh, she's blowing up Pugsley. So she tells Liz about. The story of her and David discovering the old telephone, and she starts to tell her about what what happened. 
when Quentin appears in the room and is just silently glowering at her. Oh. And of course, Liz can't see him, so she doesn't know what Amy's reacting to. But Amy gets very nervous, and then she, she leaves the room. The power of the glower. Quentin then appears in David's room, frightening David. Uh, now, so David, of course, is frightened because he, uh, he kind of, well, he kind of disobeyed Quentin. You know, he refused to do the strychnine, or strychnine, as it's called there in this particular place. Um, he refused to, to give that to Chris. We just call it stricky around here, just yeah. for sure. And he was unable to prevent Amy from going downstairs and, and t- starting to tell Liz what, what was going on. And so he's like babbling to, to Quentin, you know, trying to get out of this. And then Liz walks in and she's like, well, who are you talking to? And, uh, you know, David's like, oh, just talking to myself, you know, like as you do, you know, have a full on conversation, <laughs> you know, with no one answering. Yeah, it's my one man show yeah. called I'm Not Crazy, You're Crazy. <laughs> so she's upset with David for frightening Amy. Sure. And uh, then Amy's with Maggie. And as they talk, Amy re- kind of resolves to deal with the situation. She's like, you know what? I'm going to deal with this myself. And then she stands up and she walks off, you know. Good. And so then, uh, despite David being grounded to his room, Amy goes in, into his room and they argue. And Amy convinces David to negotiate with Quentin. So her, her feel, thing is, her, her tactic is, they'll play the game if Quentin will leave Chris alone. Okay. So she says, it's fine. We'll murder other people. <laughs> we just won't murder my brother. Okay. That's okay. You know. That was kind of the rules at your house, too. That was my rule. Yeah, that's the rules. I will, we can play the game as long as we don't murder my brother. Which brother that was, I won't say. Yes, that's the, that one was, was made it fun. One was fair game, and it switched from week to week who, was, who could possibly be murdered during, during the game. But yet standards, that's the important thing. That's the thing, I, and I follow those rules religiously. Uh, as in, I prayed on my brothers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, that's nice. That's a good line. Thank you. That makes you forget that cat with the dripping whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping... Uh, oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. So David tries to call Quentin on the phone, which I just love, and pick up the phone. Hello, Quentin. But um, Maggie walks in then. He has to do the same thing again. Oh, he's just playing a game on this phone. I was trying to phone a, a friend. And so Maggie confiscates the phone. This is what it was like before Pong. This is the kind of games people had to play. Yeah. You know, it was like a lot of murder games, twisting arms. <laughs> wires across the stairs that's right and then pong uh, came along and it was like hey, you know, after the invention of video games all childhood hauntings ended yeah wait a second I, that doesn't explain the amityville horror sir okay well my wife explained that once upon a time we can talk about that another time. <laughs> they wanted to sell the house long story short mold in the walls mold in the walls oh really that's what they figure can cause uh, hallucinations also huh? hey it looks like the walls are bleeding Mold in the walls. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Yeah, Could but basically, be. yeah, the mold can cause hallucinations. Uh, so since Quentin won't answer the, well, didn't answer the phone, mm-hmm. but the phone is gone now. Uh, David sneaks out of his room and goes to the deserted West Wing. Ooh. But Maggie sees this uh, going on, and she follows him into the West Wing. But when David goes in the storage room, of course, there's a secret panel that you can open and then crawl through. <laughs> And so Maggie goes into the room, and David is gone. She can't find him anywhere. She's looking all over the room looking for him. She can't find him. Uh, so David goes in, and he meets Quentin in his room. And he explains the deal. And Quentin, of course, Quentin doesn't talk. He just stares and sometimes nods. He seems to agree with it. He seems to be okay with this idea. Uh, but then Quentin's music plays, which is kind of this, this violin waltz sort of thing that plays. And it, it puts David into a trance. And then he's like, yes, Quentin... 
I will obey you. <laughs> so then you're like, well, is this a deal? Because you've just been put under his, his power. You're in the thrall of Quentin now. Here's an interesting thing, just on a complete yeah. side note. Sorry yeah. to make a personal story in the middle sure, of the story. Sure, sure, that's fine. Um, I was contacted online by a friend of mine from uh, college who I dated for a while. Okay. And I found out now that uh, she's a professional hypnotist. That's what she does for a living. Oh. Yeah. So I'm just like wondering, did you have powers back then? Yes. Yeah, she probably did. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. There's no way of asking that politely. It's just like, hey, was I hypnotized? And it's like, you still are. Oh. (laughs) Great. Okay. Anytime she wants, she can say the word. You don't know what the word is. And she can say it to you. But it would be an 80s word because that's when we dated. Yeah, okay. It would be like 86, 87. 87. Okay. So it would have to be something that was popular in 1987. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it would be. Mm-hmm. She just goes, seafarer jeans. Super Socko. <laughs> Super Socko popular here. What do you mean here? Here in British Columbia. In like this room? No, in British Columbia. That's well, the only place I've drank it was oh, in British okay. Columbia. Yeah. It was like a Tetra Pak? Like the... Yeah. Okay. I kind of remember it, but I feel like you've talked about it many times and I never feel I like I, I remember it. Okay, well... I'll check that. It wasn't a thing at our house. I'm sorry to have interrupted Dark Shadows. Uh, That's fine. Some people probably just listen to the Dark Shadows. <laughs> just leave. Uh, yeah, so, so um, like I say, he explains the deal to, uh, and he goes into a trance. But Maggie, unable to find David, returns to her room and waits for him. David sneaks back into his... Oh, so she returns to his room. I'm sorry. I made it sound like she okay. returned to her room. Sorry. Maggie returns to his room and then... It's like one of those things where you're like sitting in the dark, you know. And so then he returns to the room and turns the light on. And there she is. <laughs> she confronts him. People where were you? And people don't do that as much in real life as they do in TV shows. Well, no, because it would be effing boring <laughs> sitting in a room in the dark, not knowing how long you have to wait. Well, here's the thing that you never see in those things. Yeah. Is when some, you know, you're sitting in the dark and they turn on the light and they turn. Oh, but yeah. you don't. You don't have the person then go. Ah, my eyes. <laughs> that's right. That's the other oh, part of Jesus, it. Oh, that's bright. Like squinting at you. That's oh, what's so man. scary. Are you? Who angry? are you? Who's here? Is yeah. that you? Is that my husband cheating on me? Oh. Uh, Ow, my eyes. So David lies to Maggie. Uh, he denies that he even went to the West Wing, although she followed him there, so she knows that he's lying. But Maggie extends his punishment. She says, for lying to me, you are going to be grounded for another day, mister. Oh, no. And uh, and I'm going to, if you won't tell me the truth, I'm going to keep on making it longer. I'm going to keep extending this punishment. Okay. And then David like follows her into the hallway and he's like, I'm going to get even with you. Great. So, so of its time, I loved it. So as Maggie's uh, sitting in her room, reading, mm-hmm. all the lights go out. Then the old phone begins to ring. And, you know, she's like, I'm not going to answer that phone. And then she can't, you know, then she goes over and, you know, hello, hello. And then the wind blows the w- w- her window open oh. in her room. Now she's starting to get kind of nervous. She's, Ugh. and then, but then Mrs. Johnson, then Mrs. Johnson comes in. Okay. And uh, they have a little talk. And she's like, oh, I was so nervous. And... And Mrs. Johnson, of course, is not very helpful. When Maggie checks on David, he appears to be gone. She looks around the room. She's like, oh, he's gone. And then she leaves. But he's actually hiding behind his, his chest of drawers. <laughs> okay. And he then walks towards the camera, kind of bizarrely quoting the poem about Dr. Fell. You know that poem? It's like, I do not like you, Dr. Fell. Why that is, I cannot tell. And then, you know, then it's, a, it's, a, it's, an, old, it's an old poem. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know who wrote it, but it's... Would you, would you like to hear the poem? Oh, sure. Yeah. Right, please go. Uh, all right. I do not like thee, Dr. Fell. Yeah. The reason why I cannot tell. But this I know and know full well. I do not like thee, Dr. Fell. Yeah. Also, I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, <laughs> Sam. I am. 
written, both of them written by Dr. Seuss. That's right. It's a very similar cadence. It is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sure that one had an effect on the other. I met a man upon the stair, a little man who wasn't there. He mm-hmm. wasn't there again today. Oh, how I wish he'd go away. That's love, one of my favorite poems. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Um, so Maggie, of course, assumes that he's gone to the West Wing. So she goes to find David and comes face to face with the ghost of Quentin. Oh. And so it's like a stare down. He's like staring at her. He doesn't talk, of course. And then as she's staring at him in horror, he steps towards her. And that's enough to make her turn and run away shrieking. As she should. By the way, let me just say the mm-hmm. uh, mention of Dr. Fell. Yeah. Uh, is in uh, Chapter 2 of The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Ah, uh, referring to Norman Fell, the actor who played Mr. Roper. That's right. Roper. do not like you. When you look into the lens, I do not wish that we would be friends. <laughs> Why are you so homophobic uh, while your wife does uh, aerobics. aerobics? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's so funny. I, I thought you might be concentrating. trying to find something. And, I... and where did you get that notion that Suzanne Summers was having an abortion? That was a weird episode. That's right. Um, okay. Chrissy Snow was her name. I can Chrissy only remember Snow. the name of the actor. I apologize. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, so, all this is happening, but Chris and Carolyn return home and are greeted by Liz. And uh, Maggie runs in, hysterical over her encounter with Quentin. Mm-hmm. And this is basically what folks, is basically this is an episode where not very much happens because everyone's like, well, where were you? What happened? I was doing this because the... the the encounter with Quentin, of course, was the the cliffhanger of that Monday episode. I guess it was a Monday, whatever episode it was. Sure. You know, it was like that was the that was a closer. She saw Quentin's ghost. He stepped towards her. Oh my God, what's going to happen tomorrow? Tomorrow, she's going to see Quentin's ghost again, okay. getting in the show. Then we're going to have the titles. Then we're going to have Chris and Carolyn arrive home. We get them coming in, the two lovebirds or possible lovebirds, sure. telling her, you know, I, I was sick last week, blah blah blah. You know, because he always has to make excuses for the fact that he's he's quite often eating people. <laughs> And so then, um, uh, you know, Mag- then Maggie runs in, hyster- you know, and hysterical. And of course, then we have to, f- why is she running in? Now we have to establish that. We have to talk about what she saw, her suspicions of David, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, and then uh, of course, Chris and Carolyn then go in search of the mysterious man. They leave, they get a flashlight and they're off. We're going to search the West Wing for this person. Uh, but then Maggie is talking with, uh, with Liz about this and she realizes the connection between her seeing Quentin and the man that Mrs. Johnson claimed to see at Chris's cottage when everyone was doubting her. And she's like, oh my God, they're the same. They're dressed the same way. This is the same person. And Liz is like, I don't think so. I don't think you actually... She's like, are you calling me a liar? No, I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just saying yeah, you might have just been seeing things. See, you might have been seeing things. But Maggie is certain that there is a connection between David and the... Uh, this either says new or now or mass. I'm not sure what it says, everyone, because my writing is at the end of the page there, and I was writing it as I was sitting in a chair. The miss... A little chair that wasn't there. I don't even know what it says. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Carolyn and... Uh, Chris and Carolyn enter the storage room that we've seen many times, where, of course, we just saw... We just witnessed Maggie uh, encounter the uh, specter of Quentin. But uh, they go in the room and they're kind of overwhelmed by ennui is the way I can describe this because they're kind of like, they go in there and they've been, sur- I assume they've been searching other parts of the West Wing. They looked at the grandfather clock that's there. Sure. They walked down the hallway. They had thrown their flashlight around randomly at things. They walked in the storage room and then they're just like, oh, I don't think we're going to find anything. <laughs> I think we looked everywhere. I don't There's a lot of stuff in this room. It'd be pretty hard to like walk around in here. There's a lot of stuff. 
oh, let's let's just go back downstairs. And so they leave. You know, the most cursory investigation of someone's claims of a person in the house <laughs> that you are living in. Maybe the person is just playing a game. But, There's a lot of games in this house. Yeah, that's true. But after they leave, yeah. the camera does this weird kind of pan. And I guess because it's a, a television camera, you know, and they're on like kind of rollers, you know. And so mm-hmm. it kind of like shunts sideways and then it pans into the corner of the room, into the darkness of the, the storage room. And Quentin walks out of the darkness into Ooh, the room. Creepy. And he gives a little smile, a smirk, I guess I could call it. And then, uh, meanwhile, downstairs, Liz is doing what you do in these shows. The pers- you, you person sees a ghost, and then they come downstairs, and they tell you that there's a ghost. And you go, oh, poo, pish tosh, that a ghost would be in our house, you know. Because our house, why would our house be haunted? When have we ever seen anything unusual in this house? Did a woman just recently have a heart attack and fall down the stairs after investigating stuff in our house? What What could be... Did we have a woman appear out of nowhere and hypnotize all of us and make us make one of us think that she was dying and going to be buried alive? No. What? When would there be a ghost in the house? Anyway. I got to say, even if... Like, I don't believe in ghosts. But if someone yeah. came downstairs and went, there's a ghost upstairs. Yeah. I just saw her floating in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, first thing would be... Yeah, let's go check that out. Like, right? Like, you wouldn't just be like, oh, pish tosh. Yeah, that's right. Right? Let's go see. What are you talking about? Yeah, there's something going on. Yeah, yeah. Why did you think you saw this? Is there mold in our house? Yeah, there might be mold. Or there might be a person. Yeah, there might be an actual person. An actual person. There's a person up there. That happens, right? It's the milkman trying to get out of the the mom's bedroom without anyone seeing. Oh, there we go. From the Monty Python sketch. (laughs) A bunch of milkmen, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good sketch. Well, only one's still alive. Yeah, that's a good sketch, though. There's some old people too, and then a couple yeah. skeletons. Yeah, the old people don't make sense. I would. I got to tell you, like, even knowing that's happening, I would still follow Carol Cleveland up the stairs oh, into the yeah. hall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you still got a shot. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, you can have sex with a room full of milkmen. <laughs> they probably did. Got to make some milk. Um. So. So, like I was saying, so Liz is disbelieving Maggie, but then. She has kind of a volt face, and she's like, oh, well, maybe there is something going on up there. So it's at least worth investigating. So they they decide they're going to go upstairs. And meanwhile, David is in his room having a one-sided conversation with Quentin. And he's talking to Quentin about a Mr. Juggins. He's going like, when are we going to get Mr. Juggins? It's a funny name. It is a funny name. And But he's he's interrupted by, first he's interrupted by Chris and Carolyn, who make him go to bed which he's not very happy about but but he doesn't go to bed of course he joins joins quentin in the storage room for some sort of nefarious business we're not too sure what's going on but before he goes there i wish i'd written it down he sings like a song to yankee doodle dandy and it's like mr juggins that 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 and he's like sings this weird song to the camera again he's like walking towards the camera like creepy kid singing this weird song oh, that's creepy but i wish i'd written it down i i didn't know i'm sorry everyone oh. so then uh he so then Meanwhile, of course, Maggie and Liz then find him back in his room. So he's done something with, with Quentin, and then he's back in his room in time to, for Liz and Maggie to come in there. And so they kind of have it out with David, uh, insisting that... And so uh, they sort of have it out. Like, they're, you know, David is denying that he's, you know, done anything and blah, blah, blah. And then, and, you know, and then Maggie's accusing him of, you know, going to the storage room. And where did he go? Because she could not find him in there. Okay. And he's like, well, I was hiding in there. You know, you just couldn't see me. And she's like, no, I looked everywhere in there. There's no way you were hiding in there. And he's like, well, I'll show you where it was. Yeah, it was a and game. Then, and then Liz is like, we don't need to go to the storage room. And, you know, because <laughs> apparently when you get there, you get really tired. And so he's like, no, I want to prove my innocence. 
other than the fact that I lied about you know going to the West Wing, and they did that because I've been grounded and I'm bored, and that was the only place I could go where no one else was, and I wouldn't get caught. So you know, sue me. And so then they're like, okay. So they go to the storage room, and and the, and then uh, Maggie is startled. Like as soon as they walk in, she's like startled to see a figure in the shadows of the room, and she's like, that's him. That's the man right there. And then David's flashlight reveals that it's what they call a clothes mannequin on the show with a crudely drawn face and and scribbled uh, sideburns. I just have to change, turn pages. Sure. Uh, and then they're like, oh, that's who you saw. That's Mr. Juggins, <laughs> our clothes mannequin that we play with sometimes that we dress up in a frock coat and blah, blah, blah. Sure. And this is who you saw. And then Liz is like, is this who you saw, Maggie? And Maggie's like... Well, I don't think so, because this is a clothes mannequin with clearly the most crudely scribbled sideburns you've ever seen in your life, as if done by a child in a rush to get back to his room because we were coming upstairs to see him. But anyway, now that everyone thinks I'm a nut, I don't know what to do. Uh, so then, later that night, Maggie's in her room. You can't see really clearly with all this gaslighting. Yeah, right. But you're right. No, the, the first I saw, yeah, it was this guy. It was, just... was this Mr. Juggins. Are you sure it wasn't this squirrel? No. <laughs> oh, no. yeah, this squirrel, Mr. Juggins. No, in the song, one of the lines is, Mr. Juggins, keep it up, it says. And now, the, it's a private joke, though, for the show, because there was a guy named Max Juggins who worked on Dark Shadows, okay. who was the boom operator. Ah. who quite commonly drops the boom into the shot. Okay. Because, to be fair to him, he does, not, he does not always, like, even though they rehearsed it, and sometimes you would forget, like, which camera was supposed to be. Sure. So sometimes you think, oh, we're in a long shot right now, you know, so I'll keep it out of the way. And then you think, oh, we're in a close-up. I can let it come down a little closer because the actor's, you know, in close to the camera and we can get a better sound and blah, blah, blah. But no, it was still a long shot, so he's dropping the, you know. Anyway, so that was the joke in the show. Mr. Juggins... Keep it up. Keep sure. the the boom mic out of the sounds show. like it's a sounds like it's an inside joke, all right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you think it's more means more than that? No, no, it's fine. It sounds <laughs> it sounded really dirty. Okay. Hey, Mr. Juggins. Yeah, Mr. Juggins, have an erection. <laughs> so then, um, so Maggie is unable to sleep. You know, she's yeah. seen a ghost. She's been told it wasn't a ghost. It was actually a closed mannequin with a scribbled face. By the way, she lives in a world of vampires and werewolves as well, so yeah. she shouldn't sleep. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't know she lives in a world of vampires. I know, vampire she, and I know but honestly, she's right to not. Yeah, sleep. she's right. She's right. Uh, but she's just sort of wandering the halls of. of uh, I said she was in a room, but I was wrong. She's wandering the halls of, of, of Collinwood, and she encounters Mrs. Johnson, and they have a handy recap of what's happened, which is always very good in the show to have, for us to have to sit and listen to the same thing we saw two days in a, in a row. Uh, now, Mrs. J makes the assertion, and I think a little unfair that the children are evil. And Maggie says, no, they're not evil. They're under someone's evil influence. Mm. But I don't think that they're actually evil. Okay. Potato, potato. And she thinks they're under the influence of this mystery man that she saw. Because she's not buying this Mr. Juggins garbage. (laughs) Later on, finally asleep. Keep it up, Mr. Juggins. (laughs) Yeah. Keep something handy, Mr. Juggins. You're a charm. (laughs) My mother finds you handy. So I said handy twice, so that was very, that was bad. Bad, bad David. Later on. Very man, low sings man. <laughs> but, didn't, but not the original singer of that song. Who was the original singer? I don't know, some guy named Henry something. Did he sing it in 1969? No, no he did not, I don't think. Okay. I think he sang it like a year before Barry Manilow covered it. Oh, very nice. Anyway, uh, that was like, because then, uh, what was the name of the guy who ran Arista Records that signed... We were talking about him a little while ago because I think he's such a hack. 
But there's a, there was like a documentary about him when I was watching, and I was just like, this guy's a total hack. Like, who cares what he thinks about anything? Clive Davis. Mm. Clive Davis, yeah. Like, he found that song. He's like, Barry, you should cover this song. You'll have a big hit with it. You know, and Barry's like, but I want to do my own songs, you know? And he's like, no. First you have the hits, then you can do your own songs. <laughs> but it's like a trap, right? Because then you have a hit. You, like, have a big hit with man. So get another hit. That's right. No, you can't do your own songs. You need a hit. You got to follow up the hit with a hit. You know, and so then, and then he does someone else's song, you know, and I write the songs, which were written by Bruce Johnson, yeah, the Beach Boys. Yeah, he didn't Boys, write that song. About Brian Wilson. Yeah. So, you know, I write the song. It's not singing about himself, because he didn't really write, at this point, he wasn't writing that many songs. He wrote the song, uh, the song's written about a guy who had some hits. <laughs> you got to so sing the song about the guy who writes the hits. Yeah, we got a song about a guy who writes hits, so you're going to have a hit with that song. And then you're going to do another, you're going to do Copacabana, you're going to have a hit with that song. Yeah, it just goes on. And then you, uh, you sing the Band-Aid song. Uh, when you do your concerts and people go, oh, he wrote yeah, the Band-Aid song. He wrote the, this yeah. guy, this Band-Aid guy. guy. <laughs> hey, the guy wrote the McDonald's song. Hey. Hey. You deserve a break today. Hey, I like it. <laughs> he only shows in Atlantic City. Oh. <laughs> I, I know this song. Can I sing along with it? You deserve a break today. Okay. Um. Oh, oh. I'm stuck on Band-Aids, because Band-Aids give you a break today. Oh. So Maggie's finally asleep. Luckily for her, she has this dream. She has a dream. Um, in her dream, Maggie's walking through the West Wing. It's very dark and gloomy. Okay. And the music is playing. The dream music is playing. The Dark Shadows dream music is playing. Oh, you know what I didn't say, everyone? No. Dark Shadows. Oh, jeez. All right, we'll fix that and everything. Yeah, we won't. That's fine there. It's a, like one of those Money Python starts partway through the show. But yeah, she's walking through the West Wing and she comes upon Mr. Juggins, the clothes mannequin, which mysteriously transforms into Quentin and he pulls out this silk, looks like a silk scarf. We later learn it's a sash, but he pulls out this silk scarf from his pocket and he begins to strangle Maggie. And she wakes up in horror. And uh, But it's weird because they actually don't show her waking up. This show in the morning, her talking, telling her dream to Barnabas. Because mm. we got to get Barnabas into the show. This has been two, yeah. two episodes that didn't have Barnabas or Julia in it. I'm here for Barnabas. Yeah. Uh, so in the morning, Maggie's telling her dream to Barnabas. And of course, she's like, I suppose you don't believe me. And he says, no, I do believe you. Not only do I believe you, I think this is related to the ghost that Julia and I saw. Because remember, they saw Beth, who led them to ah. the poisoned Chris and helped save his life. Because it was a weird turn. Like, originally, Beth stood glowering beside Quentin in the original appearance like the of them. I glowering twice. This yeah, it's a good word. And so originally she, uh, yeah, and so we figured, oh, they're in cahoots. They're like partners in crime, two yeah. ghosts. Because at that time they were relating it to Turn of the Screw, which features in the story oh, okay. yeah, yeah. A, a man and woman who, who, you know, were like a man and woman servants who were like kind of kind of bad people or whatever but not really bad people the the whole story is about this woman who's so like so repressed that you know like just just like wanting to get married is a bad thing you know and so um but they quickly realized this that's not working as a as a plot like they couldn't really make it work so now they've they've done the smart thing and made her work in opposition to quentin so beth is instead of appearing with him now she's appearing and she's she's helping people like she's you know she appears sobbing to julia to you know, she appears to Amy and makes her burn the shirt and and just stuff like that, right? So she's been kind of helping uh, through her sobbing. She's <laughs> and so um, helping through sobbing. Yeah. So so he's like, well, this is appear- apparently we have some ghosts in the house, so we need to take care of this. So who do we turn to? 
Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Professor Stokes. No, the, no, that's not who you call. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He's the Ghostbuster of this time period. Oh, is he? There's no Dan Aykroyd or Bill Murray. They're much too young. How about Bob Hope? Bob Hope, breaker, wasn't Bob Hope was too busy in Vietnam at this time doing USO tours, so oh, he wasn't available. Him. He wasn't available. Keeping the kids' spirits up. Yeah, you got to be out there keep, helping, keep, the, keep it helping up. the troops. Keep it up, Mr. Jigglepuff. What the, the hell was the guy's name? Mr. Bigglesworth? Mr. Juggleby? For what? Keep it up. Uh, who's the mannequin? Mr. Juggins. <laughs> Mr. Juggins. Where'd you get Bigglesworth from? I don't know. Really? Mr. Jigglepuff wasn't too far yeah, off. It wasn't, wasn't not too far off at all. Anyway, Mr. Juggins. Yeah, keep it up, Mr. Juggins. Keep the mannequin. Keep the uh, keep the morale of the mannequin. Keep them flying, boys. Keep them flying, boys. Uh, let me. Uh, I know you guys are here in Vietnam. Uh, let me tell you some golf jokes. Right, right, right here. Uh, here's what you want to see. And Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so she signs. Barnabas says, "Who are we gonna call, Professor Stokes?" <sighs> One time, <laughs> introduced in the show as a historian, it, researching. Mm-hmm. Researching his, his ancestor, Ben Stokes, okay. one time family servant of the Collins family. And, you know, he wanted to buy the painting of, of, of Angelique, thinking it related to his research into his, into his, his ancestor. Makes sense. Now, he's just an expert on the occult. So anything you have, any, anytime you need any sort of explaining or easy access to a, some sort of occult thing, Professor Stokes shows up, which is good for him. Because a historian investigating his old ancestor, Ben Stokes, is a b- boring. <laughs> Which a guy who's like an occult person that whenever you like go on a trip, you know, he wants some mushrooms to like go back in time. Like like he had with, um, what's his face? The yelly guy. You know, yeah. Vicky's long lost. Peter. Peter yeah, Bradford. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like he, the yelly guy. Yeah. Like he, you know. He could get some shrooms off of uh, speaking of shrooms. We were speaking of that earlier in the show. Yeah, he could get some get some we're tying things in. We can get some quote unquote herbs to do some tripping. Yeah. So anyway, like, you know, nineteen sixty nine. That's the time. Yeah, yeah, that. for sure. And a mushroom. Eek. Uh, so then, <laughs> oh, so then, Professor Stokes. Flying, boys. Excuse me, everyone. I just got a cough for a second. <coughs> excuse me. A little dusty in my throat. <clears> throat> this is all work related. Sure. Soaks comes to Collinwood, of course, helpfully pointing out that because like Barnabas is like, we need we need someone to help us. We need someone to figure out what's going on. Okay. And Soaks is like, yeah, that's why I sent Madame Finley, if you remember her. Like I sent a medium here to help you guys. And what happens? She got killed. And Barnabas is like, no, she didn't get killed. She fell down the stairs. I had a heart attack and fell down the stairs. And Soaks is like, no. <laughs> oh, you innocent naive. Vampire. Ex-vampire. <laughs> she was killed. You vampires are such She suckers. was killed by the ghost. It's obvious. Yeah. Uh, now, there's only one thing he can recommend. What's the one thing we need to do now? We need to contact Mrs. Finley. Yeah. Or Madam Finley. Sure. Janet Finley. One of the greatest hams of all time that's appeared on Dark Shadows thus JF, far. Yeah. The, the hand actress, as I like to call her. Uh, how are we going to contact her? There's only one thing we can do. It's time to have a seance. Yeah. Once is charming. Twice is, is disarming. Three times is alarming. Four times... Is harming. Is harming the show. Because we've had a lot of these seances. But they, they get together. They, they form a quorum. Robert's rules of seances. They yeah. have to have four people. They get together. But they stamp their card so they get a free sandwich. They get a free sandwich <laughs> when it's all over. Made with ghost peppers. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Loney. Enjoy. I was trying to think of Boo-loney something. Loney is pretty good. Boo, did he say baloney? Boo-loney. That's nice. 
a bologna sandwich. Uh, so they they come together, they hold hands, and then the camera does a kind of fun thing. It it goes out into the foyer, and it it tracks along the walkway up above. I don't know what do you call that the the little hallway or this whatever it is up above, and then down the stairs, and then it tracks into the living room mm-hmm. towards. Mrs. Johnson, who's unwillingly taking part of this seance, because she does not hold with the spooky stuff, but there she is. And uh, it goes right up to her, and then she she is the one who's possessed by, we assume, the spirit of Mrs. Finley, or Madam mm-hmm. Finley, who's come down the, the stairs. And she is. She is Madam Finley. And they're like, they're like, are you Madam Finley? She says, yes, I am. Look at me hamming it up. And then she goes, what happened to you in the house? And she says, I was murdered. And that's where we'll stop. Oh. This episode of... Dork Shadow. You're going to kill it at the moment where she was murdered. Mm-hmm. All right, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, well, you know, I like a cliffhanger. Ironical. Yep. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough, it's everyone. Be like that. Hey, I just want to talk a little bit. Please I want, do. I want to tell everyone, the bathroom, everybody, like, I was having some, uh, let's call them jitters, some nervous stuff. Okay. I, you know, never, I'd never done it before, and so I was a little nervous about doing the floor leveling. Yeah, we called this uh, segment, I think, uh, Jitters About the Shitter. Jitters About the Shitter. <laughs> That's just a very good title, and that will never leave it now, because that is the name of the sixth segment now. If you want that on a t-shirt, no. <laughs> I don't know. You can do, go to the Dogs dogs Your Boutique, and they can put it on there for you. Sure. Cooper Black Lettering, the little kind of balloon, Pet Sound style lettering. Um, so so um, I was a little nervous about this, but I decided that I was going to do it. Come hell or high water. Uh, I watched some. I watched some YouTube videos about it. And the problem was watching YouTube videos. They make it seem very complicated and 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 hard to do. Okay. And so that made me more nervous because then I was like, should I do this or should I just forget about it and just put the bathtub in my bendy bathroom floor? Like who cares, right? Like I was there before, and, it, and the only time it bothered me was when the girls were young, and I'd be like kneeling by the bathtub giving them a bath, and I would feel where the floor bent, mm. like it bent down towards the bathtub. Okay. And it kind of bothered me, and that's why I wanted to do this. So then, I finally, I, I bit the bullet. I went, I went to the, I went to uh, our sponsor of the show, Lowe's, uh, Lowe's, helping. How low can you go? How low can you go? That's the price. They're not not their morals. They're a sponsor of this. Segment. We used to do a, a podcast where we would uh, take a lot of drugs, and then go shopping. Mm-hmm. That was called uh, High and Lows. That's right. And we'd, we'd yeah. just yeah. shop around. We'd be high things. at Lowe's. Yeah, yeah that's and then right. you'd try to do. Uh, fix things uh, while you were high. Yeah, and that did not work out well at all because I couldn't reach things. I was too high up on the ladder. So then I... Um, and it was also really hard in the store as well because I'd be like trying to buy something, but I'd be perched on a stepladder above the teller and yeah. they, I couldn't, they couldn't reach the, the box that I had And then hands. also I thought we were doing a thing about High and Lois, the comic strip. That's right. And so you were I dressed, would be trying to do that podcast you'd be while dressed, we were doing that. You'd be dressed was, as a high. Or no, no. Hiram Flagstone. Hiram <laughs> Flagstone. <laughs> Good Polian. Good, good Polian. I didn't know his name at all. I didn't know his name nice. at all. Nice. That's very good. Well done. I assume that Lois is Lois Bailey because yeah. your brother is Beetle Bailey. So yeah. it would have to be Bailey. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Chip. Chip. Uh, ditto. Dot. Yeah. Trixie. Uh, Thirsty's Thurston. And what was the name of the dog? Oh, fuckface. <laughs> every weekend. I love those ones that just kind of focus on fuckface. Oh, damn it. What's his name? I want to say Tiger, but that's Brady Bunch. Uh, oh, I got to look it up. All right, please continue with your bathroom story. So and I will just yell out the name of the dog. Yeah, uh, randomly. So I went to I went to Lowe's and I bought I bought uh, some mape or mapai floor leveler. I bought four bags of it. Dog. That was his name. D a w g. Dog. 
is his name. <laughs> That's sure. lazy. Kind of feels a little. Yeah, I don't like. Like it. he ran out of steam. By the way, the uh, the uh, the uh, the garbage folks. Yeah. Uh, Abercrombie and Fitch. That's funny. Yeah, it bothered me that the one guy looked just like thirsty. Like it was looking like the exact same design. I have the like, same problem with Blondie, with with yes! the neighbor and the postman. Exactly. Herb the same and person. Herb and the postman are Just very similar. It. Yeah. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah, you can't draw the same got the same mustache and okay, everything. Back to reality. We're going back to reality. Here so yeah, okay. back back to reality. Back to reality. So I bought this floor leveler, brought it home. Good. And then it was kind of like so what you have to do with when you put floor leveler in is you can't just pour it on the floor because it's basically like pure liquid when you put it on the floor okay. absolute liquid so if you have like cracks seams nail holes vents it'll just, yeah, just disappear and wind up in your basement sure either in your basement ceiling or on your basement floor okay. so you have some cement downstairs now which you didn't want so i didn't want that so what i had to do so first thing i had to do was i had to take caulking and i had to caulk the seams and all of the nail holes and screw holes and stuff in the floor and make sure all of that was sealed up. Okay. Then I had to take some... I had to take some... I could have used, like, strips of foam. And I thought about it afterwards, and I was kind of kicking myself that I didn't, like, use some at work. Like, just take some of the thicker foam and cut it up and use that. But I didn't. I just used, like, spray foam. Like, you would use to, like, seal around, like, pipes and stuff in your house for insulation. So I just used that. I just sprayed that along the floor at the foot of the... the like, the of the walls. And then... And then I put like a dam in front of the doorway. I just put a piece of wood there and I put the stuff along there. And then for whatever reason, like, like, I don't even know what this is for. Like in our house, the way our house is built, in the hallway, there's these vents on the floor by the bathroom. Okay. In the, but the vents face out into the hallway. All right. And I guess that's where heat comes into the house or whatever. But when you open, when I took a, a part, when I took the drywall out, this area was just like an open cavity. It didn't even have anything to nail the, the drywall to on the oh, floor. Oh, that's weird. So I just put a piece of, of uh, I cut a piece of two by four and a half and I put it in mm. there. So when I do the drywall, I can actually like have contact there. It just felt really strange. Like why would we do that? But so I, yeah, I, I put that in before, and then I put this uh, stuff along it and then I let that dry and then I had to go in again and I had to use some caulk along that. It's like a secondary thing and then some f- other foam, like some seal seal it's called, which you normally would use when you're putting your 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 studs, like your wood, onto the cement foundation of your house. Okay. And so that foam protects the wood from sucking up moisture from the cement. And so it acts as a seal there. So, And what you're doing with it here, in this case, is you're, I guess you're using it as a way to allow for some expansion. So the cement isn't sense. touching okay. directing the, against the walls or anything. So if there's any kind of movement in the floor, it's not going to crack the cement. So I did all that stuff. And that took a few days to do. Oh, and also there was just like a mysterious hole in the floor of the oh. bathroom that was kind of, it was hidden by the linoleum and it was right in the corner of where the vanity was in the bathroom. So it wasn't a place that you would normally stand in, but it was like a like a two inch hole oh. in the floor. I don't know why it was there or what yeah. happened. What, like, was it just round or was it a crack? Yeah, it was like a round, like just a rough like hole, like it looked like someone dropped something through it or maybe they had to punch down it to do something. I have Weird. no idea what it was. So I, I just bought like a piece of... Um, you can buy like uh, if you have like a hole in your drywall, you can just buy like a piece of tape that will stick over that hole, and you can like put the the drywall. Okay, that makes you sense. You know, like the mud over that, and so I just put that on the floor, and I just caulked over it a few times until it was hard and and cut. You know, you know, so so that that was also there. So once that was all done, I got Eve to help me with this because the thing about the um, the floor level is it cures really quickly. Because once you put in this liquid, you don't want it to be hanging around for too long. You want right. it to, to dry as quickly as possible. 
And so I think you have like a 10 minutes between oh, geez. before it starts to set. So you okay. don't have a lot of time. So I, you know, I got some buckets and then, so even I like we, so the first one, and I didn't have like a, I used to use my hand drill. I have like an electric drill that I got a long time ago. It's when I bought, when we got the house, actually, I got this drill. And so I was going to use this to mix, mix the, uh, the floor leveler with the water. So you get like the water. And so I have a bucket and you put five liters of water into it, pour it into another bucket. And then you add the, the mortar to this, the No, the you leveler. do this completely on your own? No, Eve was helping me okay, with it, good, so good, we were okay. we were doing this together. So because right, I just wanted, I needed an assistant, yep. so we were had like a little bit of a process good, good, here. Good. Okay. And so then we started trying to mix it, and it was just impossible because it was just like this thick bunch of rock stuff at the bottom of a bucket, right? And I don't, my drill is not the, it's not that powerful, right? Like when you see the guys in in the how to shows, they have like this big drill that has two handles on either side yeah. of it, and it's just like, and this is going away. Whereas mine is like a hand drill that I'm holding with one hand, and trying to mix this stuff up so it was really hard so we got a broomstick and then we put it in there and we like use that to sort of get the stuff moving a little bit yeah. and then got the drill in there while you were doing it it's fun that's right we we're boil double double toil and trouble we kept saying as we we're doing it because it was a lot of trouble actually and toil and so then it finally started going and we were doing it in a room that had a toilet as well so that you know anyway toilet and trouble <laughs> double you know bubble hubble bubble we're eating bubble gum <laughs> Hubble bubble gum, toilet and trouble. We were saying. We were playing the uh, yeah. word game trouble. Yeah, that's right. We had the word game trouble. Wait, don't run. This kind of trouble, trouble is lots double of, bubble. It's double bubble. <laughs> so then, and by that point, it was solid, and we kind of just <laughs> we had to throw away the bucket and the broomstick, <laughs> which was stuck inside the cement. So we started again the next day, and uh, so yeah, so so that one was kind of hard, and like the drill got really hot, like right away. It was just like, oh, this is a lot of work. We're just like, away, and I had this stir going. And we're you know going up and down, and we got, we got it nicely mixed, and then we have to let it slake. It has to sit for a little while, and so then, and so then we go. We turn to the next one. So we decided with this one that we weren't going to put the the uh, self level cemented all at once. So we poured in like a quarter of the bag, mixed it with the broomstick a little bit to get okay. it kind of mixed into the water. Pour, added a bit more, mixed it, mixed it, mixed it. Kept doing that until we added the final part of the bag. At which point, once again, it was just a thick lump at the bottom. <laughs> but it was slightly better than the last time. Okay. And we were able to like get that mixed in and then the drill into that and get it going, getting mixed in. By this point, the drill was so hot. I was just like afraid it was just going to start smoking. It was so hot I could have made breakfast on it. That's how hot it was. This is like, this is, I could barely hold it. It was just, you know, and it's just, hot air is blowing into your face you're like eh, trying to mix this stuff and we got that one going that one's good now we go back to the other one that's slaked mix it again just to kind of let anything that's settled at the bottom get that mixed up again we took it into the bathroom this is the moment of truth everybody pour it on the floor well it doesn't seem to be disappearing so that's good that's good okay. go to the other one we got we that one was still kind of let that slake a bit longer we got the other one kind of going then we mixed the other one up yeah. took that in there poured it down yeah and then i was using a i bought a i just you know, I didn't want to spend a lot of money for for the tools for this because I, you know, I doubt I'll ever do it again as long as I live. So I just had bought like a a, a scraper, like a window scraper, you know, for like sure cleaning your windows. And then I just pushed it onto a broomstick, another or a mop, the mop stick or whatever that we had. Or it was another broomstick. Yeah, it's another broomstick. So then I used that to like kind of move the stuff around once it was on the floor, just to kind of get it moving. So just so it would, you know, yeah. But it seemed to be working. Like it was kind of would. You'd pour it, and it would just sort of start to flow out, and you know, and, and kind of, and then when you moved it, it would just sort of move it around, and it seemed to be, it seemed to be leveling, right? So then we did the, we did the third bucket, got that one going, because it felt like we, that's all we needed, and so I 
poured that in there. And that was very difficult by this point because the floor is half covered with, with wet cement, right? So you're like stepping with one foot, trying to pour a bucket in there and then stepping back out carefully and then moving it around with, with, the, with the scraper to get, it, to get the air bubbles out and to get it to move around and get it flat and everything. And then it was all done. And then we just left it there. And then a couple of days later, I came back and looked at it. And then, of course, I, was, I thought, oh, it's like bending down still. So I didn't actually level it at all. And I was ah. Oh. But I didn't want to put the level on it because it was just too depressing yeah. to face that reality. So I was just like, I just went through it. I cut all the foam and stuff down so it's all level with the floor. Because I had it around like foam around where the, where the toilet flange is, around where the sink pipes and stuff are, and where the vent, and then around where the bathtub plumbing goes. So those, I had to cut all that out and then cut along the wall. So it was all level now. It's all level to the floor. And but the I was doing it, and then Eve came in. And she's like, "Oh, uh, let's see how level it is." And I'm like, "Oh, I don't think we need to do that, dear. Well, let's assume it's, it's good enough or whatever." And she put the level down. She's like, "Oh, level here. Oop, level here, Dad. Oh, it's all level. It's perfect." So oh, that's great. That was good. So yeah, I felt really good about that. So then we're like, "Okay, now we're ready. We can get the bathtub, get that all going, you know." So we go to the store, to, get the bathtub we like, and it's like, "Oh, it's a four week delay because of you know because it's all, yeah." I can't blame anyone. This is the way it is right nowadays, right? Everything, all the supply chains are all bunged up. That's what we're facing at work, you know. I know how customers feel now that they're like, "Oh, I have this dream door I've always wanted to get." Yeah, I'm sorry, it's a six six week uh, delay to get it. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, and now we're just waiting for the bathtub so I can do the plumbing for that and get that all ready. Then I can start doing the walls and everything. So, but we're making progress. So there you go, everyone. Now Good it's job. time for letters. Good on you. That's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, last week we said, uh, "Have you ever owned a horse?" Mm. I asked you that. Or, uh, and, I kind uh, of broadened it, though. I kind of broadened that. You very... went like, "Wait a second. Have you ever ridden a horse?" Yeah, I think that's less niche than yeah. owned a horse. And then it was, "Have you ever dressed up as a horse?" Yes. Have you ever dressed up as a horse? Uh, no. I think I have a couple of times. You played the back end of the horse. I have, or the front end of the horse. I have been a. I think I've been a back end of a horse in a play. Okay, cool. And I think I've worn the horse's head. Mm-hmm. We used to have the horse's head. Yeah. And so I think I've 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 been at least uh, a person with a horse's head in uh, sketches. Uh, some <laughs> question of the week uh, was, uh, "Who's your favorite female action star?" Hmm. That was the thing. Uh, so, do you uh, have a favorite female action star? Uh, who is the person who uh, is a super cop? Super oh, Michelle Yeoh, yeah, Michelle she's great. Yeah, that's I would, I would go with that, and just maybe for fun, I would say Cynthia Rothrock, who was a real fun martial artist, uh, did a lot of kind of B movies in the in the eighties, mm-hmm. but really good, like a really good martial artist, and it's fun to watch, you know, that kind of fighting, and and I enjoy, I enjoy uh, women fighting. Mm-hmm. I just think it's fun. I think it's a fun thing to. You see, there was some pretty good fights in the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer show mm-hmm. for TV. Pretty damn good. Pretty good. Um, Some okay. good stunt people in that show. So, uh, listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, this week on uh, Why the Last Man. By the way, watch Why the Last Man. Yeah. Uh, my wife co-created the uh, comic that it's based on, and so uh, it, it, it it's a good thing to watch. Yeah. Um, but this week introduced horses. That's true. And I was like, oh, I know who's going to like this. <laughs> I know who's going to like this. This is probably uh, Lisa's going to like this. It was like all of a sudden... The interest in the show went up at least five percent, probably because they were in a stable. Wow. Well, they were yeah, they were at like a, a place with a barn and everything. And that's the, right. And it's like, yeah. but then there are the barn. Wow. But is there a stable? There's a stable. Oh, but is, are there horses? There are horses. Turns out there are. These horses. are horsewomen. Yeah. Uh, I won't say anything else besides there's horsewomen. So there you go. I believe they're uh, called cowgirls. You tell. You call them that. <laughs> See how that goes. 
see how that flies. Cow young ladies. You, you see how that flies. Yeah. Okay. Lisa also, coincidentally, wrote us the first letter of the week, which oh, is... Oh, my gosh. Have I ever owned a horse? She said it in all caps. She said it <laughs> pretty excited by this question. Everybody. Well, I'm glad you asked. Get comfy for a few hours and let me tell you all about them. Uh, currently, I own... I, listen, our listeners can get comfy for a couple of hours. Sure. That we, is one of the... We have learned that. This is one of the things we know. Currently, I own two. Harris, a bay, uh, 14HH. 14, 14 hands high. Thank you very much. Uh, at year old Connemara. I think she meant a year. A, 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 I think she left out his age. I think he's he's in his teens. Okay. He's in his teens years. Maybe 15 years. All right. And Archie, a chestnut, uh, 16.1 hands high, seven-year-old thoroughbred. Uh, the first pony I owned. You tell me if any of this stuff I'm saying is wrong, because I don't know this horse lingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first pony? Pony. Okay. <laughs> I owned was a Pinto Welsh cross named Diamond, whom we thought was a bit of a brat. But looking back, I recognize now he had to put up with a lot from us. Uh, after, after that, I had my wonderful Misty, a gray Welsh Arab mare. When I was 12, my parents bought me a three-year-old off-track thoroughbred mare. What were they thinking? Called Jenny. <laughs> After that, I owned a uh, successive off, uh, of, of off-the-track thoroughbred geldings. Buddy, BJ, Baker, Scampy, and one appendix mare, Phoenix. Uh, these are good names for characters in a mystery, by the way. Sure. Yeah. Are you talking about a horse mystery? Maybe a horse mystery. <laughs> that gives me an idea for a podcast. Uh, when the girls were little, we also bought them a pony called Rocky, who Mary always called Waddy. Uh, there were a few others. I she, owned... couldn't, she couldn't pronounce her R's or her or, or K, hard K, like K sounds. To be fair, neither can a horse. That's true. That's true. Horse never can say its own name. <laughs> it's just it's a problem. Oh, it's embarrassing. Uh, there were others for the horse, not for someone who can't yeah. pronounce R's. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, there were a few others I owned for a short times that people gave me. Ginger, Ashley, Nordic. That I passed on to others. Nordic was the first horse of hers that I, I met. And did you like Nordic? I was scared of Nordic. Good. You should. Well, because I, you know... That's healthy. Even though I had done a little bit of dude ranch riding as a, as a kid, we did it with Cub Scouts, and then I went once with a friend for a birthday thing. Um, seeing a horse like that close up for, like in a barn, like in a kind of... And it was a big horse. It wasn't like dude ranch horses, were, they were kind of smallish. I guess they used quarter horses or whatever for kids to ride on, right? So you don't want them too big. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, like Nordic was like a big thoroughbred horse, and I went over there to Lisa's house for the first time, and she of course wanted to show me her horses, and so she shows me Nordic, and it's scary because you know when you first meet a animal that's big, you don't it doesn't occur to you oh wait a second this animal is not planning to kill me like it's it's not like an evil being you know it's just like a horse right but when you first see it you're like this thing could kill me like with one blow of this absolutely. ginormous head absolutely oh my god it's crazy. I soon got over that feeling. But anyway, go on. Okay. I'm enjoying this letter quite a bit. All right. Uh, For female action star, I like Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2. Good. Or Carrie Ann Moss in The Matrix. I think you're going to enjoy The Matrix with Carrie Ann Moss coming up very shortly. (laughs) Uh, Regenerations? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Resurrections. Regenerations. I think it's Resurrections. No, I think you're right the first time. No, I think I'm right the second time. Resurrections. I think it's called Matrix Generations. I think it's called Terminator 5. Uh, Lisa responded to her own letter by saying, hi, Lisa. No, she didn't. But she did tag it with saying, I forgot to add that I have the pleasure to ride many, many horses, probably thousands. 
There have been a, a few that were displeasures to ride, but only three that I would call real and consistent displeasures. All were horses people had uh, sent to me uh, for training. The first one bucked me off three weeks in a row, getting progressively worse each time. The last time I was determined to hang on and I stayed on for a full length of the ring while he bucked and twisted and corkscrewed and bounced and bronzed. I know it's bounced or bronzed. Bronked. Bronked? Bronked, like a fucking bronco. Bronco. Bronked beneath me until eventually I gave up and let go, not a second too soon. As in his next step, he threw himself against the fence and I would have been crushed. The other mm. one was just an extremely spooky, reactive, inconsistent horse that eventually reared up and hopped like a kangaroo. <laughs> I came off uh, I came off the back, landed flat on my back, but somehow managed to break my collarbone. The third was a pony who had been feral, and then the original trainer had been too hard on her. She took exception to something I did and flipped herself over backwards onto me, fortunately only landing on my femur, not my pelvis or thorax. I didn't break anything but it damaged the muscle in the front of my thigh, which resulted in a loss of muscle, a big dent in my leg, and me limping for about six months. That's true. Um, th- that just reminds me of, like, my sister Lee used to ride horses, and uh, I just remember at one point a horse did try to buck her off, mm-hmm. like, big rear up, and my mom was sitting next to me, grabbed my hand, and, uh, oh, I had uh, pain from that <laughs> for a long time. Just crushed my hand. Yeah. Yeah. Scary moment. Yeah. I got a lot of memories of my sister washing the horse in the driveway, just hosing it down wow. like a car. Just doing a good scrub. <laughs> and people come by and go, Hey, is that your horse? Yeah. yeah. It's like, Of course they're going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, of course they're It was gonna. basically a, ask me about my horse. It's basically it. I mean, that's a pretty prominent place to wash your horse. Yeah. In your driveway. I think Lee's had, uh, I think she's had like two horses. Nice. My sister. Um, uh, <laughs> we got a letter from someone calling themselves Gazoo. It's Nina. <laughs> Because we called her the Great Gazoo in the show. Yes, that's right. We and did. And she says, uh, resigned to being called the Great Gazoo of Sneaky Dragon. I deserve it. <laughs> that's what she says. Dum-dums. She didn't say dum-dums. But you got to say dum-dums or it's not the Great Gazoo. Mm-hmm. Why was the uh, Great Gazoo banished, by the way, to uh, Flintstones land? Why was... Uh, oh, why was he there? Yeah. Do I don't know. I never watched the Flintstones. Um, uh, Gazoo had created a button that would destroy anything. Oh. In the world, like it would destroy the universe. Oh, and they were mad at him for that. And he just, he just wanted to see. This was fun to create a button that would destroy everything. And so they, uh, the beings that he was part of, uh, banished him to the caveman days. I don't blame him. Yeah, not he caveman was, days. He was but a little funny. crazy. Yeah. Well, they were cavemen. I know, but it wasn't caveman days. It was a caveman days. Yeah. You know what? Mm-hmm. Maybe these days. Listen. Yeah. We're trying to. We were trying like in the past to go like. Is it post a nuclear holocaust? Is it the past? Is it the future? Here's what I think it is. Yeah. This whole thing was created as a punishment for Gazoo. Because there's these <laughs> omnipotent beings that yeah. can create a reality. Yeah. And I think the beings or Gazoo, I don't know if Gazoo had to create his own reality. Yeah. They weren't that hip to fucking history. And so they just thought they must have had TVs and shit. Yeah. And dinosaurs were around with people. I don't know. Poof. And they created that reality. Huh. So. It's a, it's a theory. Once you've gotten an omnipotent being that can do anything, <laughs> then uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Our friend Louise writes us, I've only ridden horses a few times, enough to know that galloping is fun and trotting can be painful, even if you've uh, read how to post in the uh, Nancy Drew mystery. Oh, the Louise, Master's you should secret. have read... Oh, sorry, the Ringmaster's Secret. Yeah, You should have read um, Trixie Belden. That was the that was the horse lover's uh, young detective books. Ah. Yeah. It wasn't Wee Dick Francis. <laughs> What's that, sorry? It wasn't Wee Dick It wasn't Wee Dicky, no. Okay, Wee Dicky Francis. Mm-hmm. Uh, my most memorable uh, trail ride was in Hawaii. 
Uh, we followed a scenic path across the ranch, which took us to a trail down to a beach. We rode over sand as the waves crashed and the winds whipped around us. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, it does sound it great. was so romantic for all the honeymoon couples I was riding with. Oh, I know. Uh, the Wrangler <laughs> uh, commandeered the couple's cameras and took photos of uh, them kissing on horseback. I was the only one without in the group without a partner because my boyfriend told me he didn't like riding because he fell off a horse once. <laughs> Not that I was bitter at the time. Nope. I saved that for a couple of years later when he told me he'd run into a friend while he was in Alberta and he went with her and her other friend on horseback riding through the Badlands. People, don't do something with someone else that you told your partner you didn't want to do with them. Or if you do, keep it to yourself. It's <laughs> good advice, everyone. Nay! I think the first part is the best advice. My favorite female action stars are Sigourney Weaver in the Alien movies and Charlize Theron whenever she's kicking butts. <laughs> I also admire Michelle Yeoh and Migni Owen. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't know. Migna Owen? Sure, that's not uh, Who are still doing action scenes at their age, which is also my age. <laughs> Even if they have doubles for uh, the more athletic uh, moves, they still have the skill and energy to sell their part of the fight choreography through multiple takes. And uh, we talked a little bit about hugging on the show and hugging dads. Louise says, my dad wasn't much of a hugger either. If Dave wants to attempt to hug his dad, I'd suggest a Oops, starting... Here's the, here's the advice. I'd suggest starting with a brief pat on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. If that goes well. Next time, try a thump on the back, then progress to a side hug before moving on to the full frontal contact hug. This sounds like first base, second base, third base, and fourth base with dad. Yeah. I'm just going to go for the full Monty. You're gonna go for it. Yep. Gonna do a lean in. Boom. Boom. All right. Good luck. Report back. Yep. Uh, Matt Phillips has a name for your horse mysteries thing. Oh, good. Thank you. Sugar Holmes. Sugar Holmes. Does that make sense? No, not. Uh, S H E R G A R. Which Lisa is here. Holmes. I'll look it up while you continue on. S H E R G A R. I'll give you a. All right. I'm gonna read uh, Mick Elliott's letter then. But anyway, thanks, Matt. You've confused the room. We'll see what happens. Uh, Mick Elliott writes, Hey, Ian and David. I've never owned a horse and only ridden one a couple of times. I suspect this is because our neighbors had a horse uh, paddock behind our backyard when I was growing up and my parents warned my brothers and I that we should never, ever, ever walk near them because they, this is all in caps, they might rear up and kick you and a kick from a horse could be fatal. So don't go near them or else. Wow. So even though there was at least three or four beautiful horses on the other side of our back fence, we regarded them as potential child assassins waiting to strike. That's sad. Some alternative titles for your Horse Mysteries podcast. Mm. Hoof Done It. Oh, nice. The Neigh of the Dead. A Neigh at the Races. <laughs> the Remains of the Neigh. I see a theme. <laughs> the Neigh After Tomorrow. A Hard Neigh's Night. Nice. And the top female action star has to be Helen Mirren in red. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Have you found out what the thing is? Yeah, so uh, let me just tell you, Sugar was a Irish-bred, British-trained thoroughbred racehorse mm. that uh, was uh, ran a successful season in 1981. And I have a feeling, and I want to go into it, that this horse will feature on Horse Mysteries. So very nice pull, Matt. Very nice. Very good. Nice horse teaser. <laughs> uh, that'd be interesting. Your, your Horse Mysteries trailers will be horse trailers. Yeah. We actually have a horse trailer. We have a horse trailer. You should record it in your horse trailer. Sounds stinky, but okay. <laughs> you didn't like it my answer. No, I'm just trying to think. Like, there's just something about that that I like. Maybe we'll do it in the uh, tack room of the trailer. Mm. We'll see. Uh, 
Edward Dragansky writes, mm-hmm. oh, must be the end. Or is it? Never have I ever owned uh, anything. Oh, we're playing Never Have I Ever. Oh. Uh, never have I ever owned anything with four legs weighing over 75 pounds. <laughs> Anytime the dog got fatter than that, he was oh. out of the house. Get out of here! Out the door or out the window. Uh, so that rules out horses by a long shot. And you think I lived in Texas or something. Yeah. I did go horseback riding once, and it surprisingly wasn't in Texas. It was back home in Chicago. <laughs> my aunt had the brilliant idea for my cousins, and I had to go horseback riding one summer. Yeah. So we went to some farm and learned how to get the horses ready. We brushed them, put on the blanket, the saddle, etc. Then the wrangler said to my two cousins, You two take Daisy and Buttercup here. Oh, what cute cliche names for these sweet horses. <laughs> he then looked at me and said, You can take old Diablo there. He hasn't been out in a while. Oh, boy. Or something like that. This horse continued to run under low branches and trees in an effort to knock me off his back and would uh, stop suddenly and go the other way. I knew right then and there I wasn't made for horse riding. I had no business being on the back of a beast that vastly outweighed me with a mind of its own, even though that accurately defined, defined my dating situation in college. Whoa! <laughs> well, that's a different story. It's a horse of a different color. That's right. They're all trying to buck me off. Um, <laughs> if I ever go horseback uh, again, it's, uh, I hope it's only as a human martyr. I'd accept being the first man killed in the great equestrian uprising <laughs> by the one horse who'd had enough of humans. Decided to stand upright on its two legs, screaming, No! And maybe like in the Planet of the Apes, the horse would be known as Caesar. Uh, the first horse of many to rebel against his oppressors. Yeah. Uh, maybe I, Clopius. Uh, on a kinder note, my best friend of 41 years has a son with severe autism. Mm. And horseback riding is the one activity he thoroughly enjoys participating in. Oh, nice. When he's on the horse, it has a calming effect over his mind, body, and spirit. In fact, they uh, just went early this morning as cooler temperatures have made it bearable for a long ride on his favorite horse. Hmm. It's very sweet. Very sweet. Yeah, we have here in uh, the Lower Mainland, or the Fraser Valley where I live, they have a a place called Pacific Riding for the Disabled. And it's, you know, a place run, it's a charity run, all volunteers and stuff like that. And they have horses there for people who... uh, would like to do that, but don't have it in a possibility, you know, don't have the opportunity in their own lives. But yeah, people. And it's really quite nice. Okay. We actually um, are old, old, I don't think. Oh, we just leased, leased her. And so Lisa might have left Joy off the list, but we did have a Shetland pony named Joy. That was Mary and Eve's first horse they rode on. Oh. And uh, our first pony that they rode on. And, and I guess after Rocky, I think Rocky was the very first. And then we, then we uh, leased Joy. And I think that was more Eve's. Pony for a while before she started writing Harris, and but she she eventually went to uh, a place that does that sort of thing. Cool. Anyway, yeah, nice. Uh, I can remember being uh, completely awestruck with Linda Hamilton pumping that shotgun with one hand in Terminator Two, mm. mm-hmm. and her transformation into a complete psychotic badass from the first film. Yeah, uh, Hamilton stood out on screen with very little uh, competition aside of aside from Scurney Weaver at the time, and more recently I, I felt the same watching. Sophia uh, Botula, all five foot five of her, as she gracefully used her prosthetic legs in Kingsman to cut others to shreds. I almost didn't recognize her in Star Trek Beyond, uh, made up as Jayla, one of the more interesting characters new to the franchise. Uh, Botella brought some great energy to that film, fighting alongside Kirk and Montgomery Scott. Hmm. Uh, David, I too had a dentist. They didn't feel the need to have fancy equipment or a busy staff. Yeah. Uh, he was the husband of a co-worker of mine 
while I was at Dr. Pepper. He mentioned Dr. Pepper, everyone. Take a drink. <laughs> take a drink. We're taking a drink. Here we go. I drink Dr. Pepper because he said it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to drink some more Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I drank the Dr. Pepper. Now I'm putting the bottle down. <laughs> Settling. It didn't last long since he decided to trade in his practice and become a free service to those less fortunate with low income. Oh, oh that's, that's nice. very nice. I thought it was a noble cause and he was a very good dentist. So I was happy to know he went where he was needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in the 1980s, there was a local dentist in Mesquite uh, named Dr. Nelson. Everyone knew him because he was a hot air balloon enthusiast. Mm. The balloon shaped like a Cheser cat. Oh. I wonder if it would vanish. It would have been better if it was shaped like a tooth. But I anyway. I thought it was going to be a tooth as well. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. And the cat's whiskers were dripping with milk. <laughs> gross. Why is that gross? Dr. Nelson was also very close friends with Jerry Hall. Okay. Uh, who was the founder of The Kids in the Hall. Well-known fact. Well-known fact. Uh, Who was also married to Mick Jagger at the time. Both Nelson and Hall were graduates of my high school, North Mesquite. When the Rolling Stones came to Dallas for the Steel Wheels uh, tour, uh, Dr. Nelson was the guest of Jerry Hall, which means he got invited to the party afterwards. I asked him what the Stones were really like off stage, so he told me as he cleaned my teeth. (laughs) Uh, Jagger, he said, was all business, very formal. He also owned some land in Texas, which he talked about. Ron Wood was the life of the party. Dr. Nelson confessed he really couldn't understand a word he was saying, but he was fun. And uh-huh. uh, he said, do you understand the word he's saying? Yeah, that's what he sounds like. Maybe he was doing his teeth at the time. The late Charlie Watts uh, was present at the party for about 15 minutes, then disappeared to go find a jazz club in Dallas and maybe sit in and play drums. What about Keith Richards, I asked, being the most interesting member by far? Well, Keith just kind of sits in one spot and does his own thing. We really don't bother him or his people. Sounds accurate. Uh, as I wondered what uh, sounds accurate. As I wondered what his own thing was. <laughs> he then finished by telling me he replaced an emerald uh, jagger had mounted in his tooth with a diamond. It seems people were constantly telling him that he had food in his teeth, so he had the emerald replaced by Doctor Nelson. Sadly, Doctor Nelson didn't live much longer and passed away from cancer in the mid nineties. He's still remembered by many members of the Mesquite community to this day. So, if anyone is looking for a diamond, Mick Jagger has one in his mouth. Yeah, that is a good source of a free diamond. Just grab it. So he wanted a smile that sparkled. That's right. I like the idea of putting an emerald in there. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. And everyone thinking you got spinach in your teeth. <laughs> That's good stuff. Our friend Crystal writes us. Oh, uh, Crystal. I have never owned a horse, but my husband owned a couple of Tennessee walking horses long wow. before he met me. Wow. He said he bred one with a jack for what he called a Tennessee walking mule. Wow. He said it had a real nice gait. <laughs> <laughs> that flirter. I like that it called it a jack. I've never heard it described as that way. Mm. So just a donkey, in other words, jackass. Now, like Derek, David, mm-hmm. he also used to be a farrier, mainly so that he would have uh, he would not have to pay someone to shoe his own horses. I did it mainly so someone would have to pay me to shoe their horses. There you go. He still does some blacksmithing here and there. I have ridden a horse once, as well as an elephant and a camel. Wow. You ever read a, rode an elephant or a camel? I have not. I will confess right now. Okay. My favorite female action star isn't from a movie, but rather a TV show. Diana Rigg as Emma Peel on The Avengers. If you're looking for a movie where a girl yeah. goes around killing people and not feeling bad about it, <laughs> I recommend American Psycho 2. You're not wrong. That is an interesting little movie. Yeah. That's, a, that's not how I meant it, though, in the show. Yeah. I, I got you. Yeah. I didn't yeah. mean like it's just like a, a psychopath. I just meant like... You know, well, it makes you think she's a psychopath just because she's an American Psycho too. 
<laughs> but I just meant like the person's like doing their job and they're just competent at it, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, it's a dark comedy starring uh, Mila Kunis and William Shatner. Uh, Mila is a criminology student who won't let anyone stand in her way of uh, going to study at Quantico. Uh, we've all heard about the free bit, uh, hashtag free Britney movement, but did you know uh, there is a new uh, hashtag save Michael Nesmith campaign that hmm. started a few weeks ago? Wow. Apparently, there's a group of fans that believe Mike is the victim of elder abuse. If you search, say, I, I don't like to hear that. That's really sad. If you search uh, save Michael Nesmith in YouTube, it'll pull up a video. Whatever happened to Michael Nesmith from the monkeys? I'm not entirely convinced by the evidence uh, presented in the video. Okay, well, hmm. I hope uh, hope things are okay, but we'll yeah, check it's, that out. it's interesting because the you know they just put out like a an album a couple years ago. It features the last two surviving monkeys, right? Um, like Nes- Mike Nesmith and then uh, Mickey Dolenz. But it also has like some kind of old, um, older. I think maybe Peter Turk contributed something before he passed away, and then they use something. They use some like old thing of Davy Jones and re, re kind of redo it for that. But everyone, everyone of the songs in there is produced by Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne, except for the Mike Nesmith stuff, which is done entirely with his sons producing him and everything. Hmm. So I'm not saying that's a bad sign or whatever. I just took that as a sign of oh, that's interesting. Like they, because one, you know, because Mike Nesmith, even when he was a monkey, was a very you know, he was a very kind of solitary guy and very much about himself and wanted to produce his own songs and, and just kind of do his own thing, you know, as a member of the group, but kind of uh, out, almost like a solo member of the group, you know, he's sort of right. the, he was sort of the Neil Young of the situation where he just, you know, he's kind of, I'm, I'm part of this, but not part of this. And I feel like that's pretty similar to, to how his attitude in, in, when he was in the band. So I don't know, I, I've listened to interviews with him that are contemporary and I, I, don't, I, I don't feel like there's a code in there that, you know, him trying to like, let us know that uh, you know. You know, remember that song I did called "Help," or the really the song by the Beatles called "Help." You know, I was thinking, oh, I really like that song. Help me, like help, help. You know, like help me like it a lot. Help me, I'm really into that song. Yeah, no, nothing. So I don't know. I have not seen any. I never heard of this, so that's terrible if it's the case. I mean, sometimes people, are, you know, I think the same thing happened with Stan Lee, where people are accusing his family of just yeah, using him. Yeah, there's some dodgy him. stuff going on there. I mean, who knows? Like, you know, I mean, you understand, like, you know, you have a cash cow and you want to, you want to cash it in. Like, you, you know, I, I know your family and stuff, but you know, you, you, uh, you know, you kind of start thinking of yourself, I guess. But I, I don't know if it counts as elder abuse, just that you're making your dad sign shirts or whatever. I don't know. It depends what you're putting them through. Sure, exactly. Getting them on planes constantly. Yeah, well, that, I don't There's know what. Yeah, I don't know the whole story. Yeah, uh, I mean, I just know it from the from the sidelines, mm-hmm. and just from what I saw of him at cons, it was like it was it was a pretty radical decline. Yeah, in yeah. health. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm I haven't really looked into it that much myself, so I can't. I don't want to make up shit. Just from what I saw, I was like, oh, and, you know, an, an older person can decline quickly. Yeah, that's that for is, sure. That is possible. Yeah. Uh, I hope uh, I hope things are going well for Michael Nesmith. He's my favorite member of the Monkees. I'll say that. Um, so, Dave. I'm continuing with Crystal's letter. Dave. Oh, yes, yes. I've been thinking about the foods uh, that you might want to be on the lookout for when you visit the South. Oh, awesome. I hope Ed will add to the list, too. But for breakfast. Okay. Let's talk some Sock breakfast. Yeah. Chocolate gravy uh, with buttermilk biscuits. Sounds great. Country ham with red-eye gravy. What makes it... What's red-eye gravy? Is that the one with whiskey or something in it or bourbon or something? These are very good questions, Dave. Or co- no, it has coffee in it. That's yeah. what it is, coffee. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go then. 
Uh, all right, yep. It's also called poor man's gravy, bird's eye gravy, <laughs> bottom sop, cedar gravy, red ham gravy. Um, it's a th- yeah, thin re- thin red sauce. Are like, you getting coffee? What's he saying? Are you sure? Oh, I thought that's what was the, one of the ingredients. Uh, oh, you're right. You're right. You mix it with the uh, coffee, deglaze, deglaze the pan with it. Mm. Correct. Um, I thought that's where the red eye came from. Scrambled eggs and buttermilk biscuits. Nice. Buttermilk biscuits with milk gravy or sausage gravy. Sounds great. Scrambled eggs with squirrel gravy and fried taters. The mention of squirrel makes me pause a little bit. Well, they have paws. That's what it is. That's what it is. I'm thinking of their paws. Yeah, you're right. Basically, buttermilk biscuits ought to be their own major food group. That <laughs> sounds like it. Now for lunch or supper. I wonder if... Sorry, just interrupt because this is very interesting to me. Because it's about me. Um, okay. But buttermilk... Buttermilk Somebody bis- feed Dave is this <laughs> I just wonder if buttermilk biscuits are like... Um, what's it called? Um, I need more context clues than that. No, like, sorry. If buttermilk biscuits... Oh, I, I had my mind going somewhere else. I wonder if buttermilk biscuits are kind of like pineapple in the sense that they're the best... If you eat them in that place, like oh, if you made them yeah. here, oh yeah, 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 you wouldn't do it as well as oh, fuck people. No. people yeah. no, you try eating, uh, you try eating buttermilk biscuits in British Columbia yeah. compared to like down south. Yeah, that's bananas. Just throwing your money it. away. You're just throwing your money away. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I'm going to Boston. I'm going to have some baked beans. Well, why don't I eat some baked beans in Montreal? Well, why don't you go to hell? <laughs> why are we wasting our time here? Okay, fair uh, enough. For uh, for lunch or supper, yeah, fried catfish, fried chicken livers, mm-hmm. chicken fried deer. Okay, wait a second. Let's go back again. Fried, fried catfish. Fried catfish. I'm not a fish guy, but okay. Okay. Uh, fried chicken livers. Not a liver guy, but okay. okay. Chicken fried deer steak. Sounds good. Okay. Chicken and cornbread dressing. Love it. Squirrel and dumplings. Sounds good. Okay. I would try that. I would try squirrel. Right. It sounds like you're going to get pause. Um, a plate of pinto beans with fried taters. Cornbread, sliced tomatoes. And no, the problem is eating squirrel. The nuts. I'm going to give you the next meal again. A plate of pinto beans okay. with fried taters, cornbread, sliced tomatoes and cucumbers, a side of chow chow, salmon patties, which aren't really southern, but most people think they are. What is chow chow? Yes, you've got me wondering this as well. <laughs> that was a very interesting mix. I think I think she's listing things. Like I think it's not all the same. Well, chow chow is a breed of dog. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. not what that's not what we're looking for here. We're looking for a recipe. Please yeah. do not. Chow chow food. Okay, we got uh, tomatoes, onions, uh, bell peppers. Yeah, okay, here's, here's what it is. It's green tomatoes, onions, bell peppers, uh, chili peppers, vinegar, sugar, horseradish, cinnamon, allspice, and cloves. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds That's great. like a southern salsa. Yeah, damn. Damn, that looks good. Mm. Chow chow. Good way to use all the summer veggies, they say. Yeah. Now, for sides, Dave, what we're going to do here is we're going to go with some grits. Okay, that sounds right. great. Have you had grits before? I've never had grits. I think you'll enjoy grits. Fried okra, fried squash. Fried okum. Oh, sorry, fried okra. Sorry, you're right. I like okra uh, a lot. It's pronounced okra. <laughs> I was mixed up. I was thinking earlier today, I was reading and I went, I read it as okum, and I was like, okum. Oh, well, okra. Well, I stand and I made corrected. The, I made the same thing. Okum, of course, would be terrible to eat since huh. it's uh, like creosote sure. in, uh, yeah, hemp that. that's been... Uh, yeah, don't eat that. Yeah, don't eat that. That's okay. what I'm saying. Put you off your squirrel. Uh, fried squash, <laughs> turnip or mustard greens with hot sauce. Yep. Black eyed peas with hog jowl and okay. uh, poke salad. Mm. Is it? No, it's poke salad, isn't it? Or is it poke? I don't know. I'm saying poke, but like because I always I always read the song as poke salad Annie. Oh well, let's see what what's poke salad. It's going to be wrong. It's going to be wrong because it's going to come up as a different thing. How did this poisonous plant become an American <laughs> treat? 
<laughs> is poke salad safe to eat? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, it's always cooked. Uh, if it's raw, it can make you sick. Oh. Or kill you. Okay. Especially dangerous for uh, older folks. But cooked. Delicious. So enjoy. Interesting. Yeah. Well, sounds good. You know what? Listen. Eat pork. Yeah. Eat that raw. Yeah. Uh, in the past. You can actually yeah. eat it raw now. It yeah. yeah. Hurt you. Um, desserts and snacks. Chess pie. Don't know what it is, but sounds great. Uh, sun drop cake. Love it. Love the name. Goo goo clusters. Awesome. Yeah, those are good. Boiled peanuts. Okay. RC cola and a moon pie. It's a it's well, it's a great uh, song by NRBQ. Pork rinds. Yep. Oh my gosh, Dave has to try dumplings with salted peanuts into a, oh no, dumping, try dumping dumping salted peanuts yeah. into a glass of Coca Cola. I understand. I've been watching um, Bill Oakley. Uh, who's one of the writers on The Simpsons. Sure. He just tried that for the first time and just was going like nuts over it. Okay. Like literally nuts because even though it's a legume, I understand. Long story short, <laughs> uh, it seems to always have to be a glass uh, a glass bottle of Coca-Cola. Okay. Not just like throw some into a glass of Coke. Sure, No sure. dice. All right. Glass bottle, peanuts, lovely. So do you drink it down a little bit or do you, you put drink it? In- well, I guess you drink it down a little bit and yeah. then put the peanuts in. Okay. So nice and salty. Um, and despite what my resident Yankee friend said, <laughs> banana pudding needs to be on the list. Baked in the oven with a real meringue, not that nasty instant pudding with whipped cream. And hmm. blueberry preserves are nice, but seedless blackberry preserves are better. Have a great week! Well, how can I have a week? Uh, like all this great food you just listed. Seedless blackberries are good, but it's hard to find. Like here we have a lot of wild blackberries, so they, they're just so seedy that it's, I just don't enjoy them myself. Yeah, we have a very seedy neighborhood. That's for sure. Uh, Edward responds, I've already had my fill. Uh, maybe I'll recommend some Chicago food next time. Oh, okay. I think Crystal has the South covered. <laughs> I feel like you've given me a lot to eat on my on my journey there. Now, Chris Roberts has a few more horse podcast oh, okay. titles for us. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Long FaceTime. Okay. Like Main it. Street. Good. The Rain Event. Love it. There's no jumping like show jumping. <laughs> the Princess Bridal. All right. Horsepower Rangers. And uh, and it's there's a response from David Dedrick. Oh, and so I'll I'll, I'll point at you when you say the when you say, it's time for you to say the title. Okay. Okay, says Dave. I'll bow to private uh, to public pressure and change the name of the podcast to the perfect name for a horse related true crime show, which is the Mayor of Easttown. <laughs> Do we have any email letters? We don't have any email letters. I feel very let down. Today. Okay. Very let down, but you know that's fine. Uh, I got a, I'm gonna I'm gonna say like for a question we were mm. talking about kind of community spirit yeah. uh, earlier. Is there anything you have done uh, in your community with other members of your community? Oh, oh, oh okay. You know something you yeah. gather together to yeah. do uh, as as a community for your community or with your community. Nice. Okay. Cool. Do you have a second question? Do I have a second question? Is uh, do you floss your teeth? And if not, do you feel guilty about it? Right. And and let me sub sub question. What toothpaste do you use? Okay, yeah. Sub, 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 sub question. Sub, 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 sub. Here's what you do. Uh, go to sneakydragon.com. That's where all our episodes are. Is that are. our website? What's that? Is that our website? Uh, for now. <laughs> until uh, until Big Sneaky Dragon Corp uh, takes over. <laughs> um, but yes, indeed, that is where all of our episodes are, including past uh, podcasts that uh, you know we have, like Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, Fansplainers, Full Marks, uh, Totally Tintin, Completely Beatles. Uh, soon to be, are, are you putting the horse one on this one or are you doing your own? Yeah, uh, it'll be on this. Oh, it'll be on this one. And soon to be, uh, horse mysteries. So there you go. Uh, go to seekydrag.com and if you want to, uh, post 
uh, an answer to our question or just talk about anything you want to talk about, uh, go to that episode and then underneath there's a message board and boom, 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 post. Couldn't be simpler. Uh, unless, of course, you just go to Facebook. That's simpler. And go to Sneaky Dragon. We have a, uh, a page on there and you can post there. Or if you want, you know, go to Twitter. That's a little weird. No one does that. But you could. You could be the first. At Sneaky underscore Dragon. We occasionally post some stuff there. Uh, and also we have SneakyDragon.tumblr.com. We so do. There you are. So long story short, folks. Uh, go there. Listen to some podcasts. Enjoy yourself. If you feel like uh, throwing us any uh, uh, money, uh, you're welcome to do so on Patreon. Uh, it keeps you know us uh, heated during the winter so we don't uh, <laughs> freeze. It's true. Um, uh, or you can go to uh, patreon.com uh, slash sneaky dragon. You can either do it on the website where there's a little click or you can do it that way. And if you don't, eh, that's fine. We're cool with that as well. What we would uh, like to ask is if you've got kids and they like to read kids books, we do a kids book called Sparks. It's got three uh, books we've written. Only two are out now, but next year the third one's coming out. The first one's called Sparks. second one's called Sparks Double Dog Dare. And, uh, you know, it's in where bookstores are sold and it wins awards and people like it. There you are. Someone asked for some today. I'm putting them in front of David. He's going to take them with them to yes, those people. I am. Uh, my wife has a uh, TV show called Why the Last Man that is available in the States on Hulu uh, FX on Hulu in the uh, UK it is on um, Disney Plus and in Canada it is on FX so we're up to the fifth episode this week and uh, why not give that a check out as well and uh, you know if you want to talk about it on Twitter that would be appreciated I, I really enjoyed this uh, last episode of why because it's got horses it has horses and it kind of opened up a bit that's a terrible horse <laughs> it's oh I can't do it anymore. but the one thing about those horses all lady horses. Because <laughs> all the male horses are gone. That's true. Yeah. So, the, you know, those lady horses, they're all like, where's the dudes at? That's all the horses are saying through the whole thing. Oh, like, my God. I just was thinking, that just, it doesn't even occur to you until you just think about it, but those are the last horses that'll ever be. Yeah. Wow. It's wow. terrible. Yeah. It's interesting. There's some, uh, occasionally some people are saying stuff online where they're like, I can't see how civilization would have like, you know, the premise being... Uh, every uh, mammal with a Y chromosome dies. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I can't see how civilization would have, like, fallen into this kind of disrepair within three weeks. You know, it seems uh, it seems too much. I'm like, all these people lost their kids. Yeah, yeah. Like, just that alone would just, like, devastate you. You know, yeah. you think they've shaken that off and they'd be fine? Yeah, yeah. Then they got to, like, reestablish the interest. I don't know. All the roads are plugged with cars. There's no one... There's no one... There's half of the working population is gone. You know, half of the half of how the world works is gone. Right. Like when you think about, like even something as simple as sewage, which works in a kind of peristaltic way in the sense that, you know, our flushing keeps pushing everything along, you know, and, it, you know, and the way the system works though is that the population of people keeps it moving because our flushing keeps everything moving along. If suddenly if you cut the population in half, the sewer system breaks down. Just the sewer system breaks down of its own yeah. ability to work. You'd have to like go in and, and put in narrower pipes to make it work, or just face the fact that that system is fucked and you can't you just can't you can't rely on the toilet, yeah, flushing to work anymore the way it worked in the past. Like just something as simple and it's not simple necessarily, but just something as common in our lives as that just stops working. Yep. You know, there's no trucks on the road right now. There's yep. no there's no way to get things around. There's no you know most most jobs that are physical jobs are done by men. Warehouses are closed down. 
you know, I'm talking about like big warehouses where they, you know, you know, that kind of, those sort of jobs are, are not, no one's doing them right now. People have to be retrained to do these things, you know. Yeah, of course it's going to break down. It's going to break down majorly. Like, you know, this, this look anywhere in the world where crisis happen, how quickly everything falls apart and is a mess. And, and you might think this makes the show a huge bummer, but there's interesting stuff happening. Uh, yeah, because people there is, and there is hope. Yeah, because people there's people who are actively working to try to fix this problem, you know, like and are are dealing with like dealing with this, you know, on the face of it, you know. And there is hope too because there's why there's Yorick who is a possible answer to what's happening. And speaking of which, uh, one of the scientists who might know what to do is showing up <laughs> this week. Who's actually one of my favorite characters and also played by. An actor who is one of my favorite actors, who I am betting you've never seen before, because you do not live in Vancouver, so you have not seen this actor uh, doing uh, a lot of live stuff that I've seen, and uh, she's amazing. She also was in a TV show I created, uh, the pilot, uh, many, many, many years ago, by an odd, odd, odd coincidence. Um, but that, uh, it's neither here nor there. The thing is, check it out this week, especially. New character, mm-hmm. It's going to be good. So cool. thanks so much for joining me here in the uh, Hell Kitty Studios uh, basement lair. Uh, I'm saying this to Dave. I'm also saying this to you. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I thought you were talking to our listeners. As so. we talk to, as we talk about, you know, uh, life and, uh, and, and, and plagues and, uh, and vampires and uh, basements. And uh, then we have our pen pal club, which is fun. It is a lot of fun. We have a little pen pal club. I love it. You know, when I was a kid, I wanted a pen pal. I always used to read the Peanuts, and they would have like a pencil pal. And I thought, like, oh, a pen pal is fun. And I never was able to really have a pen pal. And we do sort of now with this. So that's that's keen. Yeah. And Crystal's made me want to travel through the South even more than I Holy did before. Holy cow, yeah. I, they'll have to get me out out of there on, in a wheelbarrow, but that's fine. Yeah. I was like looking out the little uh, window here uh, at, in Hell Kitty Studios. And when we were saying all that stuff, and there's a little squirrel looking in just with his mouth agape, just going, what? <laughs> And I was just like, hey, man, sorry. Hey, it's, you know, it's a, diff- it's a different culture. It's a different culture. culture. It's a yeah, different we can't culture. judge it. We can't judge it. Yeah, you can't judge it. And then the guy, like, the little squirrel flips me the bird. And <laughs> he takes off. And I'm like, what finger was that? Does yeah. that work? That's weird. And it's a very judgmental squirrel. Oh, he's an incre- incredibly yeah. judgmental squirrel. God. Yeah. Anyway. Well, he's a bit of a nut. <laughs> Bye. So long. Farewell. Alvators and good night. Goodbye, 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 goodbye.